your soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Tejas Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best. and Check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. to Dr. Krupa's Natural Health Hour. We have a special treat tonight. Our producer and the owner of American Voice Radio is on as our guest talking about solar power. I'm joined with my buddy, Joe Lawrence, live in studio. And if you have any questions, please call in. It's 1-800-932-1980. We're doing our best to figure out all this solar stuff. It's a, a lot going on, and Frank's been working at it for two years just to get his system up and running, and he's still debugging it. So are you back, Frank? I am. So what was the voltage output of each solar panel? Joe and I were talking about that at the commercial break. Uh, Well, okay, the, the panels are that, I, that I have hooked up are rated at 300 watts, and they say they put out 8 amps. Now, of course, when you test it, uh, that isn't what it puts out. It puts out more like, oh, and in full sun, the most I got that I saw, you know, and it may it may pop up to 8 amps, uh, but the most I saw in full sun was 7 amps. So 
they don't always put out what they say they do, but that's what they're rated at. And I don't know what, what you mean by voltage. Oh, well, voltage and that, that's is... another thing that the uh, the controller does, okay? You can take panels that are, say, 12 volts, like I have, right? And there's a switch in, in the controller where you set, well, is it a switch or a dial? I, I forget, but it's something you can set uh, to say, okay, you know, it doesn't matter what goes in to the controller. It doesn't seem to care because it, it takes a wide range of things. But what you want the controller to put out is what the, you set it at, okay? You just make the setting there. And, of course, I put it at, you know, the, the 24. Of course, when it, you know, when you're charging batteries, you got to, you know, whether it's a 12-volt or 24, uh, you know, okay, your batteries are 24 volts, but... When you go to charge them, you're not using 24 volts. You're using like 27 volts and, you know, 27, 27 and a half to, to actually charge the battery. Okay. And did you ever measure the voltage? Because it's going to, you know, you got 12-volt battery, so you've got to have at least 12 volts coming out to recharge that battery. And if you got a – just off the top of my head um, – I would think 300 watts uh, at 8 amps is probably about 37 volts. Well, yeah, but it's not just, it, you see, that's the whole thing. It's not just running it, it, it's not just running it, you know, full bore open, open valve, okay? It's only, it's only producing what the batteries need, okay? You get, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so whatever that battery needs, unless the batteries are totally dead, you're not going to get full output. Right, right, exactly. And and the thing is, I, I haven't, you know, and that might be a good thing to do is, uh, I, I don't know what kind of a tester I'd need or something to to do an open open gate test, you know, just have something that, you know, turn on the solar panels in full sun and just get it to run into something that will just, you know, suck up as much as it'll it'll do and then you know the the actual controllers i have actually have a readout on them too that which is very handy that you don't have to run around with a meter from here to there you just look at the look at the thing and it'll tell you uh but yeah i don't i don't really know what it's open open gate you know full bore would be because i've always had them hooked up to the the batteries and it only puts out what it needs to now the the controller also has a uh a setting on it, a button that you push, that you can do what they call equalization charge, and really that's a desulfurization thing because what it does is it puts high voltage and you know it just it just burns the batteries up, you know to to knock the uh, oh uh, stuff uh, the the stuff you know that the uh, calcium mostly calcium uh, it attaches itself to the lead. Uh, panels in there and that will interfere with how much you know how well the political religious and medical views presented on various shows heard on american voice radio network are not necessarily the views held by the management of american voice radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network all statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. The measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. There's no special care. It's really nice. Actually, have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or offices at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this it's not like I've done this one or two times but I've done it many many times so give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge that's floors of Houston setfloors.com As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress and pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead. Make my day. Ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness he may have grown comfortable with. It's time for the Texas Perspective on current news and events. 
This show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. And the doctor is in. Hey, there's a new legal filing from Attorney General Ken Paxton. Yeah, we always always like to hear what he's got to say. Uh, it's amazing how a guy like Ken Paxton, by the way, that's uh, under indictment, is still the Attorney General of Texas. I mean, I don't know about you, but that impresses the hell out of me. But uh, anyway, the new legal filing for Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has put Texas leaders in the delicate position of conceding that there are problems in foster care and arguing against the federal judge's proposed reforms. So uh, Ken Baxton, who happens to be a Republican, he's faced with a mounting crisis in uh, in our uh, child care system. I mean, let's face it, guys. The uh, Child Protective Services, <laughs> oh, man, what a snake pit that is. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I personally would never want any child that I know to be anywhere near Child Protective Services. One of the problems that we have with Child Protective Services is that they don't protect the children. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had a number of children that were found dead in Child Protective Services custody. So... um, I can't talk to him just at the moment, so let me do that. But uh, it's a situation where they were not protecting the children. Uh, We had one guy, and I talked about it here on the show, he was actually sexually abusing a 16-year-old victim in the Child Protective Services. I mean, she was placed there to be protected, and then she's being uh, raped by uh, one of the guys that was there to allegedly, quote, help her. So I don't know how you deal with that, but just that it's not—it's not a good way to. It's not being dealt with properly now. I can assure you of that. So child protective services is woefully inadequate, and something's got to be done to fix it. But what is that going to be? And that's the question that, that we have to ask. So we're going to get to all of that here on the show today. Trying to get my Facebook open. Welcome all of you guys on Facebook. Welcome everybody on YouTube. Glad to have you with me. The uh, lawyers for the state have argued that the court's proposed reforms, first ordered by a federal district judge and then laid out by a pair of special masters, hired against the state's wishes on the Texas dime, are an example of egregious federal overreach. I mean, uh, yeah, special masters. This is where the feds come in and say, uh, we don't like the way you're doing things in Texas, and so we've decided that we have to kind of take over and force a few things down your throat, a cram down, if you will. Now, there was a time when Texans were stalwart souls, and things like this would have offended them greatly, and they would have stood up against the federal government and said, I'm about had enough of you, and uh, get the hell out. Don't, don't have any use for you whatsoever. But that's not happening. Today, Texans are fairly well domesticated, and because they're fairly well domesticated, they'll accept virtually any amount of indignity so long as it doesn't require any actual action on their part. I mean, some of them will show up and vote, but beyond that, they're not going to do anything. I mean, they, they just say, hey, I voted. I voted. No skin off my nose. 
So uh, the feds come down on top of us and, and uh, lean on us hard, and this puts Republican leaders here in Texas in a delicate position. While they concede that our foster care system is a serious problem and it's basically broken, they argue that it's one that we can address on our own, even though it's been broken for years and the problems have only gotten worse. And one of the things that uh, one of the things they did on that that I found semi amusing was uh, they they just uh, now I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I got three messages at one time. I'm having a Hillary moment. But uh, we were ordered by the federal judge. We put these special masters in, and they're coming down here saying that we got to fix this. Uh, but the system has been broken for a long time. Uh, the way CPS has been working is it looks very much like they've decided it's a situation where they want to adopt out pretty children. And I had a Texas, Houston, Texas lawyer come on my show right here, and she discussed the fact that that's exactly what they were doing. They were picking and choosing pretty children and then putting those children out uh, for adoption. And there's probably some money changing hands there. We weren't able to run down that portion of it, but it just looks bad. But in this new legal filing uh, against Greg Abbott and the child welfare system writ large, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's office objected to the special master's recommendation, calling them overly broad and saying there's no proof that they will work either. The special masters have recommended lowering caseloads for child welfare workers and hiring more of them to pick up the slack. These recommendations were among those broadly outlined by the U.S. District Judge Janice Jack of Corpus Christi, who wrote in December of 2015 that the state's long-term foster care system has violated children's constitutional right to be free from an unreasonable risk of harm. And there's no question that it did. Children in the state's current system often age out of care more damaged than when they were entered. And I'll give you an example of that. When uh, Jim Black, with Angel Eyes Over Texas, went up to the state house to testify, and he took some of his associates with him, the stories that were told in that testimony were so horrendous that I opted not to broadcast them. I'm sorry. But they were so absolutely horrible, I was afraid I would damage someone by even playing back that testimony. That's how bad it is. CPS is an utter failure. And the feds are a worse failure. I mean, anything the federal government touches just goes to hell in a handbasket in a heartbeat. It's just the truth. Uh, by the way, if you happen to read that, uh, when you get a chance to get your hands on uh, the sequel to We Defy, which is called Independence, Oh, yeah, CPS is in that book. <laughs> You're going to love it. So there's a real problem here. Uh, lawyers for the state, though, acknowledging that there's room for improvement. They're the masters of understatement. Disputed Jack's ruling, writing in Tuesday's filing that the alleged constitutional violations are unsupported by reliable expert testimony or other competent admissible evidence don't forget an expert is anyone who's from out of town uh, they argue that judge jack's findings were too vague to support the remedies recommended by the special masters is that like those karate guys i don't know is one of those guys mr miyagi i trust him 
The children's rights advocates suing the state expressed dismay with the latest filing. Sadly, the state wants to keep fighting rather than start fixing its system for these children, said Paul Yetter, lead attorney on the case. Texas leaders have said they are fully capable of reforming the state's welfare system on their own with no meddling from the federal judicial system. Well, now that I don't doubt uh, that is at least to this extent. There isn't anything the federal government does that they do well, and if the federal government chooses to meddle in state affairs, it's going to be bad. No different than when uh, President Barack and St. Obama came down and said, hey, all you Texans down there, you've got to have special bathrooms for sexually confused people so that however they may feel on a given day, they will be able to choose the bathroom of their choice because we don't want them little darlings offended. So we got that out of the federal government. And the list is long and indistinguished. I am not even going to go over it here. Uh, Lieutenant Dan and uh, House Speaker Joe Gamble and Money Strauss have all vowed to take up reform-minded agenda when the state lawmakers convene in Austin in January of 2017, just a couple of months from now. Hank Whitman, the newly appointed head of the Department of Family and Protective Services, has asked lawmakers to Give him a bunch of more money. A bunch of more money. He wants to add 550 additional investigators and offer significant pay raises to frontline caseworkers. One of the problems we have with these frontline caseworkers is a lot of them, I guess, do have college degrees, but they've never actually learned to read, write, or speak. But they do have college degrees. Thank you, Texas A&M. Um, but I've seen I've seen some of the stuff that they put out, and it's just absolutely horrible. Uh, I mean, one particular paper was written like this. It said, "These drugs in these house." Yeah, these T H E Y S. Phonics wins again, I guess. These drugs in these house. This is written by one of the CPS caseworkers, allegedly with a college degree. Now, uh, Bill the Butcher told me that the main problem that he saw with CPS, and he had a lot of dealings with CPS, unfortunately, he said they got uh, too many bull dykes in CPS. And, of course, bull dykes don't understand anything about family. They were willing to destroy their own family just to indulge their sexual preferences, and they were willing to just blow the whole thing up, so now they're in charge of someone else's kids. How can this be a good thing? Of course, same thing's happening in Cy Fair Public School. Don't forget that we had uh, uh, one, of, one of our dyke teachers uh, got some kind of a teaching award, and she brought her dyke partner uh, to, the, uh, to the award ceremony so that they could both be on stage to stand in front of the kids together so that everyone would know uh, why Heather's got two fathers, but they're both, both women. Anyway, while it may be true the foster system in Texas needs improvement, and I assure you that it is, um, the thing could be said for almost every state in the union. And I think the best way that we could solve this problem is to abolish it. Abolish CPS. Hand it back to the church. Hand it to the, and I mean the real church. I don't mean, I don't mean like those church-based organizations that house all those illegal aliens for money for the federal government. Those are not churches. In fact, I'd say that probably most of those leadership guys don't even attend church. They just made it, gave it a churchy-sounding name so you'd think well of them. 
No, I mean hand it over to the real church. Hand it over to the Catholic church. Hand it over to the Presbyterian church. Hand it over to the Methodist church. Hand it over to the Baptist church. But the real church, talk to pastors. That's the only way we're going to solve this problem. The churches have an altruistic motive. That's why they have churches. Because these are people who want to serve God, and they want to serve God by serving everyone, including the least of these, to quote the Bible. Because Jesus said, if you've done it to the least of these, you have done it unto me. Well, yes, we need to be taking care of those people that are least able to defend themselves. And the best way to do that is to hand it over to the church and let the church take over all child protective services. One of the problems we have with CPS, by the way, is they go into a house, and if the house is not as clean as their house, or it's not as orderly as their house, they take the kids out. They say, well, these kids live in a horrible environment. So we're going to take them into the state because obviously the state The paid workers of the state will love these children more than their biological parents love them. Now, I am aware there are some parents out there that came from bad home situations and lack parenting skills. Once again, the church steps in. The church makes the difference. I know situations where people were in grew up in bad parenting situations where they they were not treated well by their parents. But they got in the church. The church changed them, and the church taught them how to be a good parent in a biblically-based home. And it made a huge difference. And so those children of those abused parents were able to have good lives because of the church. I'm not going to quit preaching that because it's just absolutely necessary that you understand what the church does for people. So, Hank Whitman's out there asking for for more money. I'm saying let's uh, quit spending money on it. Let's hand it off to the church. The church has money. And if the church is doing a good work, there's a lot more people that might consider honoring their biblical requirement to pay their tithe, to bring their tithe, that is one-tenth of their first fruits, into the storehouse that there will be meat in God's house. And then that meat can be there to help the church put these children in good homes. We're we're doing it all wrong, guys. We're doing it all wrong. I was really hoping to get Jonathan Sticklin on here to talk about this, but we have thus far failed. He's pretty busy. I think he's trying to get as much stuff done as he can before the, uh, the new season starts. The energy technology business gets no respect at all. (laughs) Get no respect, no respect at all. Sometimes called the Rodney Dangerfield of the energy industry, the district energy concept has fueled Denmark's shift from fossil fuels. Energy efficient advocates uh, advocate for more energy districts in Texas. Now, for one thing, I've got to point this out. Denmark doesn't have any oil. They have to do things that we don't have to do. And I don't want to live in freaking Denmark here in Texas. Anyway, 
For those of you that care, for centuries, the town of Marstall, Denmark, a town of 2,300 people on the island of Aero, has been fueled by the sea. Shipping companies keep their homes there, and maritime school dating back to 1860 still trains would-be seafarers. But it's the sunlight. That's how the folks here have captured it, and that brought more attention recently to the 34-square-mile Baltic Sea Island nestled in a cluster of homes and rolling farmland, rows of solar panels fill a space that could fit more than six American football fields and connected to this massive line pit filled with water and a sprawling network of underground pipes. The panels can meet 55% of the town's heating demand, and they do this without straining the nation's electricity grid, even though the weather here can be quite frigid. One thing I want to want you to keep in mind while I'm doing this story for you um, Denmark is about the size of Houston. So, you know, just, just to keep that just to keep that in line. Anyway, I got somebody coming in here on a newsmaker line. Looks like Raymond Herrera is coming in, so we'll take a break in that story and talk to Raymond for a minute. Raymond, what's happening, buddy? Oh, everything's happening, Doc. I'm I'm out here in California chasing uh police chief Glenn Beck over his uh, immigration policy. And I'm fixing to take a group in to LA, the L.A. City Council meeting and the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. And I'm also fixing to um, set up a meeting with um, Police Chief Beck. But the reason I'm calling um, is um, what I just read today, and that's about Donald Trump uh, pardoning or not going after Hillary Clinton. Yes. And um, my, my statement on this, and I want everybody to hear this, um, you know, when you don't punish somebody, they continue to do the same thing. And by not punishing Hillary Clinton, she is embedded in Washington, D.C., the swamp. You know how many political contacts or uh, protégés she has in Washington, D.C.? By not punishing Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump gives her carte blanche to go ahead and do more um, of the donation thing through her foundation because she's connected to senators and congressmen. I think that if the fire and the sword of the magistrate is applied to Hillary, as it is applied to you and I, that it would deter further um, decadence and further, you know, crimes committed by the Clintons. So that Hillary, by not being pursued by Donald Trump, who calls her crooked Hillary, is actually giving a free reign to continue gathering money via her political contacts and political influence in Washington, D.C. I feel that by not applying the fire and the sword of the magistrate, onto uh, Hillary Clinton, for one, violates the American creed, equality of condition, because she's not equal to us. Well, of course. And two, that she's got you know, free reign to continue doing what she's done, and that is to sell political influence to foreign um, governments. And, and people of you know of wealth, you know, out there in the world outside of the United States. And I would like your thoughts on this, and I'd like the thoughts of you know anybody that's out there listening to this. If you don't punish somebody, they continue to do the same thing. Isn't that what we have at the border? We don't punish illegal aliens; we reward them. And what do they do? Now we have Somalians and, and Cubans and everybody under the sun, not just Mexicans pouring across the border, 
because there is no rule of law that applies. There is no punishment when you commit a crime. So, you know, it just emboldens illegal aliens. And now the same philosophy is emboldening people like Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, and anybody else that's out there that thinks that they own we the people and they own our government. I, I am appalled beyond the point of reprehensibly being appalled that Donald Trump promised so many things and really he didn't mean any of it. So, well, I mean, I, I just want to hear the thoughts on Hillary and Donald Trump. I, I'm, I, am, I want to talk to that. First of all, I'm asking everybody out there to give Donald Trump, give, give this guy a year, okay? Let's give him a year and see what he does. Uh, not like we have any choice. He's going to be there for four. But let's give him a year of the benefit of the doubt, number one. But number two, Hillary Clinton must be punished. She must be tried on these crimes, and I don't believe that can happen. And I don't, I don't, I just don't think Donald Trump's going to talk about it until the Justice Department has his man in there. I think as soon as his man takes over the Justice Department, we're going to see some changes. Uh, but yes, Hillary's got to be punished. Hillary, if you do not punish lawbreakers, it breeds more lawbreaking. And I've talked about this at at length. Uh, Justice Louis Brandeis said, if the government becomes the lawbreaker. It breeds contempt for the law, and that breeds anarchy. And if we like seeing cops killed in the street every day, if that's what you like to see, if you like seeing unrestrained rioting every day, well, then let Hillary go. Because if you let Hillary go, you're going to get way more of that than we have now. On the other hand, you prosecute Hillary, and the people realize that, A, justice really is blind. B, it doesn't matter who you are. If you commit a crime, you're going to be punished. And, and, Ray, that changes everything, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, to, along the lines, these lines, I want Napolitano punished for prosecutorial discretion, subverting the laws that were legislated of authority in our Congress and signed by the president. I want Jay Johnson punished for the same reasons. And, and we're not seeing any of this. These people have beckoned illegal aliens with their policies. You know, Congress makes laws, the president signs them, and uh, bureaucrats break them. But they not only break them, they've caused and wreaked havoc across America by using prosecutorial discretion, uh, DACA programs, and things of this nature. I feel, people, that if we are going to be America, and we are going to be a nation of one, that any transgressions by anybody in political office must be brought before the people. Napolitano, Jay Johnson have been subverting our laws, and we have millions of illegal aliens murdering, raping, killing, causing mayhem across America. And everybody it just seems to think that they can walk. For my way of thinking, like you said, we're all equal, and Lady Justice is blind. That's the way it should be. It hasn't been. Now, we all know that. We all know that uh, we've actually gotten to what the book Animal Farm, and if you haven't read that book, guys, you're, you're only cheating yourself. Uh, we've now right. gotten to the point uh, <laughs> of Animal Farm where some animals are more equal than others. And in this case, uh, Hillary, uh, who's, who's some kind of, I don't know, some kind of a cross between a hippopotamus and a rhinoceros, uh, Hillary has just totally destroyed the rule of law. This woman is a criminal on, on, a, on a scale 
that it's really hard to to even determine. I mean, when I think of all the great criminals of the world, when I think of guys like Adolf Hitler, uh, for instance, uh, Hillary's right up there in in the qualitative uh, in the qualitative analysis of that. She is every bit as bad and probably worse because at least what Hitler did, I think he did for his countrymen, whereas everything that Hillary has done, Hillary has done for herself. And we're going to bring yeah, in – go ahead, Ray. We're going to bring in no, Jay, too. I'm, I'm just yeah, going to bring add Jay. Jay. I want to hear what Jay's thoughts are. Yeah, Jay, come on in here, buddy. Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Doing good. So uh, really you, good. you want to input on this uh, conversation with me and Ray here? I sure I do. do. Let's not Let's forget that God Let's what not. What about what four Americans that she allowed to die? Die. Uh, Nay, even from my standpoint, the four Americans that, uh, well, two of those were just collateral damage, but uh, she she fully intended to have the the ambassador killed over there to keep him from revealing what she knew. I agree, Doc. I I totally agree. Let's also not forget that she's committed the act of treason within these United States, and she's not being held accountable for it. And I believe that we, the people, have already spoken, and it's time for this individual to be held accountable for committing the act of treason within these United States against we, the people. Well, I think maybe it wouldn't hurt, and I'll let Ray talk about it too, but I think maybe it wouldn't hurt if uh, we uh, got on uh, moveon.org and started a petition uh, to get Donald Trump to uh, have the Justice Department, his Justice Department, uh, do an inquiry into these crimes. I agree. I agree. We have – go ahead, Ray. What we have here this day is the same thing that we had in the year 1620 when the Pilgrims, the Anglo-Protestant settlers, settled here in America. The landed aristocrats and the monarchs dictate your freedoms, your policy, and they dictate your life. And whenever, whenever they are committing crimes, you know, it's forgiven. But should I rob a bank, should I commit some kind of crime, I'm burnt. You know, and, and so it hasn't. Nothing's really changed. We're being dictated to by this government, this day, and the days to come, as we have been dictated to in the years past. And if America and we the people don't hold Trump and our government accountable, then we might as well just surrender America because it's not our America. It belongs to the elitist the landed political aristocrats of Washington, D.C. I mean, look at Paul Ryan. Look at Kevin McCarthy. Hey, hey, Ray, we got to hit a break. We got to hit a break. We're going to be right back. Make a note. Pick right up there when we come back. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it 
it now. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. Seha Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Seha Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. You've just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. The doctor is in. The doctor's in, Ray is in, Jay is in. You can call me Ray or you can call me Jay. Anyway, I digress. Hey, where, where, did, we pick, where did we leave off, Ray? You were talking when I uh, interrupted yeah. you. Yeah, when you look at the, the, the people lining up behind Trump in Washington, D.C., or lining up with Trump, you'll find um, Paul Ryan, who's open borders, who loves terrific illegal aliens. You'll find Kevin... Uh, McCarty, the House whip, who's open borders. These people are now gloating and smiling before the American people, talking about passing their agendas. What are their agendas? And then, furthermore, when you look at Donald Trump's enforcement policies this day, they're not much different than Obama's, because um, he's going to deport the bad ones, the criminal. Obama does that. But I have a question to ask. You know, Job creation. Do you know how many jobs could be created by deporting illegal aliens? I know that I would have my carpenter job back. <laughs> so why why does Trump talk about bringing factories back when he can start here deporting with you know illegal aliens on construction sites, iron workers, carpenters, you know, punishing employers? And, and, but he's talking to the American people about bringing jobs home. Huh? The jobs that we have here are being held by illegal aliens across America. So if I was Donald Trump and I was going to do a job creation, 
the first thing I would do is start deportation and open up these jobs. You know, I've always had this dream about taking a bus full of welfare recipients, carpenters, iron workers, skilled tradesmen, loading them up on a bus, driving them out to a job site, have ICE and the Border Patrol go through there, clean out the job site, put them on the bus to Mexico, and put our American people back to work. You see, people, it's not your house. It's not their house they're giving away. It's not their job they're giving away. It's not Hillary Clinton's money they're giving away. It's yours. So yeah. we have the non politician surrounding himself with politicians that are open borders, and be careful, people. I mean, there are some good appointments. I agree with Jeff Sessions, but we have to hold Jeff Sessions' feet to the fire as well because there's a lot that Jeff Sessions can do. I don't know if the people are aware of this, well, but uh, keep, in 1986, let me, let me just finish this. Okay. In 1986, the immigration law affords no civil rights, no due process, and sets up uh, call-in numbers, hotlines with the president, the attorney general, and, and to report illegal aliens on the job site. None of this has ever been done. And 1986 should be enforced. Go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to remind everybody, I mean, officially, Donald Trump has not even been totally elected yet. We're still waiting on the Electoral College. That's why I'm urging everybody, right. give the man a chance. He's got, I mean, he hasn't even, hasn't even been really elected yet. Let's wait until he's elected. I'd, I'd right. say you got to, at the very least, no matter how uncharitable you want to be, you've got to give the man at least 100 days after he takes office on January, what, the 17th, I think, or the 22nd. Uh, we got to so. give him, you know, January, February, March, April. we got to give him at least till the end of April before we start abusing this guy. I, I want to step in, Doc. I agree. I agree. We need to give uh, Mr. Trump a little time. Let's give let's give him a year. Let's see what he does. Let's see if he stands up to his word. Raymond, I also agree with you on, on the deportation. Um, I want to say this though. I, I I do know some 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 families that that have um that have integrated here into the United States, into the the state, the Republic of Texas. Now, some of these people are hardworking individuals. They came into this country. They 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 followed the process, and now they're here legally. But on the same note, on the on the on the process of of the of the American man and woman losing their employment because we're overwhelmed with illegal aliens, I do believe that there does need to be something done. That somebody needs to step up. The American man and woman, the, the, the employment rate needs to come up for us because we are being robbed from from our jobs, and and, and that is is our way to replenish ourselves and, and seek the tranquility and the pursuit of happiness that we've seeked all of our lives. And we are being robbed from it, Raymond. So I can agree with you on that note. But, uh, Doc, I want to go back, and I, and I do believe, uh, as a militia man and a standing three percenter, uh, we, we're standing with, with Mr. Trump, and, and, and we're giving him the benefit of the doubt. And, and we still believe that, that, in the end, we may be the last line of defense for the people. But I do believe that we need to we need to give this guy a chance and let, let's see what he's going to do. Let, let's give him the benefit of, benefit of the doubt because, I mean, he's promised us a lot of things. So let, let's see if he stands firm to his word. Go ahead, guys. Well, one of, well, Jay. Go ahead, Ray. Can I say something here? To, you know, the line of thought that was brought up by Jay. We're all human, Jay. You know, and we all have our individual points of origin, our countries. But. You know, what was said right now was that, you know, they're terrific and they've integrated and they're here working and, you know, they, they have families here now. But with that, I say, 
What about my children when I walked in one day after driving 200 miles looking for a job site where I could find a place to earn a piece of bread for my children? I walked in, Jay, and my kids were screaming. They were yelling. They were crying. And you know where I found him? I found him in the dining room, all four of them in a circle, crying, tears, boogers coming out of their noses. You know why they were crying, Jay? Why was that? Because they were starving. They were starving because of that terrific, integrated, illegal alien that took their father's job. So I don't see the argument here. You know, should I my family and deport them, Jay, so that the terrific, integrated, illegal alien that stole my job can have my American dream? Did his children, did their dad walk into that dining room like I did? To find his kids crying because their belly was emptied, because I took the last oh, ten dollars of gas to go look for work. That's not fair either, Jay. No, that, that I agree with you but there. That's not, not fair, and, and like Donald that, Trump. That's not fair. No, well, I do, the I point do is, Americans ahead. have a birthright. Americans have a birthright. My grandchildren have a birthright. And right now, that birthright's being stolen, and it's being stolen from them by illegal aliens. And, uh, you know, I still got to, you know, the, the old joke, what part of illegal don't you understand, as my friend George would <laughs> say. Uh, yeah, and, and, of course, now you can't even use uh, illegal alien in any sort of discourse, or you're a racist. But, uh, I want everybody to try this. I want you not to feed your kids for a week. And watch him wither, and watch him weep. See how you feel. Right. Well, I, I can agree with you, Raymond. And, and, and I mean, that's that's such an unfortunate event. And now I'm not I'm not condoning them people to come over here and just take 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 the food off of our family's table and, and push us out of work. And I and I, I do agree. I, like I said, I believe that we have been overwhelmed with illegal aliens, not just coming out from the south, but from all countries because we're accepting them all in here. I'm not coming into defense against the, against we the people, but I I, I am going to say, like I said, that, that, that you know there there may be a few of those people that have come in here that, that may that may possibly be awarded the opportunity to stay, but for the ones that are coming here illegally and they're they're, they're taking our jobs, they'll work they'll work under they'll under work underpay us, uh, they'll work for cheap wages. Yes, I I agree with you, Raymond. That's taking food off of our family table and it, and it's it's robbing us from. From our well-being and from us, our, our American creed. So I can agree with you on that. And, and let me let me just give you another story, America. How about packing up your children and taking them to campgrounds for two weeks until you get thrown out? How about having your little babies roll in the dirt in a tent, you know, just so Paco can have my job? How about moving from one to another until you run out of campgrounds and then you start sleeping them in driveways of abandoned houses? How do you think their dad felt? Raymond Herrera felt, the master carpenter that could build your house. I don't even care what your house looks like. I can build it blindfolded. But I can't get a job on American soil, and my children are the collateral damage. You know, that illegal alien's driving my truck, working my job, living in my house, and my children are in the gutter. If this is what you want, America, then have at it. But I, I cannot and will not accept that there are good ones here because the crime of breaking into this nation and stealing an American job, American dreams, 
is a vicious, violent crime that's not being protected by past governments, and now it looks like it won't be protected in the future. But, you know, it's like I said again, starve your kids for a week to see how you like well, I agree, Raymond. That, that that that's serious. That's a serious statement there, Doc. The, how do you feel is, about us? Uh, about how do you feel about us uh, still standing militias going back down to the borders and, and working the borders and trying to show some type of defense? Are are, are y'all with that? Well, I'm really glad well, that you brought that up because actually there are too. some guys that are working on that right now right. as you speak. As we speak, in fact. Anybody that you know that's that's a militia commander or a, a CO or an right. XO, please have them contact me because we're trying to put this together because we realize that our government has failed us. Yes, even here in Texas, and it's time for us to go down there and and uh, we can't we can't do the whole border. We don't have enough guys. Um, but the governor thinks he can send 500 DPS or excuse me five DPS troopers down there uh, and make a difference. Well, we can do better than that. And so really, seriously, Jay, anybody you know that's a CO or an XO, have them call me because uh, there are a group of Texans right now working along those very lines. Thank you for bringing that up. Doc, I think me and you have spoke, spoke before. And I made my message you a couple weeks back about us uh, all sitting down that are standing militiamen, 3% are Oath Keepers. And, 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 and initiate and put together a national militia, which would fall under the Militia Acts, um, the Sons of Liberty, so we can put uh, uh, units together to, to secure the borders. Because I agree, Doc, they're not securing the borders. Raymond, you know that firsthand. You're fighting this every day of your life. The, the, the borders from California all the way down to Texas, they're not secure. And I agree, sending a, a, a small unit of border patrols down there to work the border. I mean, how many miles is, is, is the Texas border? Hundreds of miles. Well, There's no way inch of it. 141 miles. Oh, we have 12, well 1,241 miles. One, two, four, one. 1,241 miles. That's how long the border is. 1,241. And now yeah. it's, it's obvious that we have standing militias. We have standing organizations that are willing to put their life and their livelihood on the line to protect this republic and the United States. And still our government is asking us to stand down and refuse to let us step in. So where do we go, Doc? Where does that leave us? Well, that's why I want to get all you guys together, because there are some people that are working on that. And we understand that we have a constitutional right to defend ourselves, whether the government chooses to help us or not. And so we're working on that. We want to. We want to secure the border. We got places we can go by invitation down there uh, in order to exercise those rights. So uh, it's entirely possible to do this, Jay. It's just we got to get organized, and we want to do it in an organized manner. Because my friend right, Tommy right. Attaway, who's commander of Dallas City Troop, uh, so often says, "Nobody arrest a battalion." That's right. Yeah, and you know what, Doc? Let me weigh in here. Okay. You want to secure that? You want to secure that border? You do workplace enforcement. You don't need a wall. You you make you take their bank accounts away. You take their privileges away. But furthermore, you want to secure that border? Why don't we build federal three federal prisons along the Texas Rio Grande border, right on the border? Okay. And then what happens is when the illegal alien crosses that border, he's going to be looking at that federal prison where he's going to do one-year hard labor, okay? And then he's going to be released out the back door into Mexico. 
What kind of a deterrent would that be? How many people would walk up to the federal prison and say, I'm going to try to sneak him by, and he's going to end up there for a year? But, you know, as far as the militia and everybody goes, when you have that meeting, you make sure, if you can, to have Raymond Herrera included. Because I, I'm, for one, want to seal that border and cause an international crisis and put Donald Trump to the fire on this issue. Because unless we do something like this, I think Trump's going to blow to the wayside. Well, I think that we got to stay on it. I I, uh, I do think that maybe we ought to go and set up a petition on MoveOn.org just so that he knows we haven't forgotten. But I do want to give the man some time. He's not officially elected yet, and we want to make sure that he has some time to get it done. And I think there's going to be a lot of changes when his attorney general uh, takes over the Justice Department, and, and maybe we can turn it from what is now the Injustice Department to the Justice Department. I think it could happen. We want to give the man a little time. We've got to remember, Donald Trump is a whole lot smarter than most of the people we've ever elected to office. Right. But let, right. Me ask, let me ask you this. Look at an American unemployed iron worker with his children starving. Look at an illegal alien iron worker in a nice house driving a nice car. You know how they train, you know how they train iron workers out here in California? No clue. They take, them in, they take them into the backyard and show them how to tie you know, the, the steel together, and then they take him out into the job site and they introduce him as a um, journeyman iron worker, right? Mm-hmm. And then the guy that brought him into the country, at the end of the week, he collects his paycheck and gives him 100 bucks and a pot of beans. I mean, this has been going on not just with iron workers, with carpenters in Las Vegas. The drug cartel buying brand new vans, brand new saws, generators, and everything. And at the end of the week, the drug cartel would go in there and collect their paycheck. So, people, we need to wake up once and for all. You know, there's no man on the face of the earth that can walk into another country where he doesn't speak the language and go to work or open up businesses. You know all these restaurants and all these illegal alien Hispanic Latino businesses that you see out there? They're sponsored by the drug cartel. J. Doc Green. Raymond Herrera, go out and open up a restaurant. You'd, we'd look at each other and say, where are we going to get I, the money I from? I can't do it. I couldn't do it. You in can't fact, do it, but illegal aliens can do it. You know, I've gotten phone calls in the middle of the night and being taunted by illegal alien anchor babies, how much of a loser Raymond Herrera is. And look at me. We own a restaurant. We own this and we own that. And calling me names and hanging up. You know, until we <laughs> take your house, you know, you're never going to see what Raymond sees. Well, you're absolutely right. And, Raymond, I want to thank you for being vocal, for spending your own money, for spending your own time out there doing this. I mean, nobody pays you to do what you do. And, uh, and I, I am still grateful for having met you when you showed up at the Capitol event here in Austin. I mean, you know, you're, you, you're not a Texan, but you care about this country, and you came here to Texas to speak to us and encourage us. And I, I appreciate that a lot. And I was coming back, but my mom had a terrible accident and stuff, and I wasn't able to meet with uh, Brenda and, and Tommy Hathaway and stuff. And, and to me, man, I, I was weeping twice, once for my mom and once for failing to, you know, show up in Texas and stuff. But, you know, my mom, you know, if anybody um, has heard, she was um, fell at a rest home where she was convalescing, landed on it 
oxygen tank and then hit her head on the cement. And then they refused to treat her for five days until she was almost dying. She had blood on her brain that had been drained. And she just woke up yesterday and she's nursing an 89-year-old woman. My mom is nursing three babies. Man. What, What in the world... What in the world has happened to our health care system, Raymond? I don't know, but this is not the America I grew up in. I do know that. Well, I want to finish up this segment. Jay, uh, do you have any closing comments? We got you back, I believe. Okay, I, I want to just touch on something real quick before I go. Um, Doc, I issued a video earlier this week pertaining to a councilwoman up north, Shawana. It's the councilwoman that's calling for... Um, um, Riots at the inauguration of our commander in chief. I issued a video on her. Um, I got a few people coming at me, Doc, and they're saying that now that the militias are now with Donald Trump, that we've we, we've left the people. I just want to say this: as a standing militia man, a three percenter of Texas, we have not left the people's side. We are still standing with the people. But I feel myself and several other members that, uh, members of militias, it is our responsibility to come to the aid of our commander chief and set up a defense and stand with him. But we want the people across our republic here in Texas and the nation to know that we have not left the side of the people, that we're still firm and will continue this battle for liberty and freedom and fight well, against tyranny. I, I think you're absolutely right, Jay. And, and uh, let's not forget that uh, when General Washington became our first president, um, he, the militia escorted him to and from the event, a yes, private militia. So the militia has a All longstanding right. history here in the United States, and we uh, and we need to stand up for what's right. And right now, I think the right thing to do is support Donald Trump, and let's give this guy at least a hundred days, and uh, before right. we start beating on him. I, I agree, James, well, guys. I stand I'm, with militia. I'm going I, I just want to tell you that I stand with you and the three percenters in the militia because when it comes down to the wire, we're the ones that are going to save this country, and I know that. That's right, brother. That's right. Thank you so much. Raymond, I stand with you, and I believe in what you're doing, and thank you. And, Doc, I wanted to tell you thank you for all that you do, and we stand with you, Doc, in the fight for liberty and freedom against any. I so appreciate it, and, uh, you know, I I can do what I do here simply because you guys are standing with me, and I'm grateful for that. So uh, anyway, guys, thanks for coming in and being being a part of the show today. Uh, You added a lot to it. You gave us something to think about. We do need to be on top of the situation. We can't afford to just stand back and hope that uh, somebody else is going to do it. It's you and me. We are the guys that are going to do it. Maybe some other people will join us. But we cannot sit right back on. and wait for somebody else to step up and do this. It's up to us to do this. Doc, I, I, right. I, I love your show, and I have great admiration for you, Jay, and the people of Texas and all across this nation. We are united. Okay. We are with people. Let's roll. Indeed. Right, Let's right, roll. right. <laughs> all right, guys, y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you, you for certainly welcome. for us. All right, you guys. Bye. So, God bless. Thank Bye-bye. you, Ray. I appreciate it. So, Raymond Herrera, guys, and uh, Raymond Herrera and Jason, thank you guys for for chiming in here. Uh, to reiterate, there are some people involved in the militias here in Texas, some of the larger militias, and we're looking for everybody. So, if you know someone who is in a militia, I'm trying to get as many of the XOs and COs as possible to get together 
and uh, and help us to do this thing because it's one of those things that's not going to be done by one or two people. It's going to take everybody involved to make this happen. Been working on it for a while. We actually started working on this uh, almost three years ago. We actually started working on this, and we have made headway since then, but we're not where we need to be. So we, we've got to get all the militias together. The problem with a lot of militias is they've got enough people for a fire team. You know, they, they got eight guys on their militia. That's what they got. Well, there are probably uh, two or 3,000 militias like that across Texas. They got eight guys. They got a fire team is what they have. Now, it's okay to have that training. It's good that you guys are working together. But at the same point in time, we have to have communications between the militias. Because if things go wrong, God forbid something happens to Donald Trump before he takes office, it's going to be up to the militias to maintain order in Texas. Some people say, well, yeah, what about the, what about the police department? What about the sheriff's department? I think even before you ask that question, you know the answer to that. There's got to be something that stands between the people and organized I hesitate sometimes to call it law enforcement. You've seen some of the things that's been going on in, quote, law enforcement. I have, you have. we got Art Acevedo coming down here to be the police chief of Houston, a guy whose record on constitutional rights is abysmal. So we have to have the militia. We've got to have somebody that's standing with the people. Right now... I can tell you that I and uh, most of the guys in my militia unit stand behind Donald Trump. I don't think anybody actually voted for Flurry. We want to give Donald Trump a chance. He's not going to take office for, you know, another month and a half. But we have to give him some time to get his act together. Right now he's still filling his cabinet. And i got to tell you what I've seen so far, I'm happy with. The very idea of someone like uh, uh, General Mad Dog Mattis in charge of defense. Woohoo! I love it. That ought to get you excited. Now, as far as whether or not there are going to be any charges pursued against Hillary, we covered that earlier. I'm going to come back to that for a second. It is absolutely essential that Hillary face charges. Um, Donald Trump said through uh, Kellyanne Conway, I think the president-elect, who's the head of the party, tells you, before he's even inaugurated, he doesn't wish to pursue these charges. Sends a very strong message about tone and content, said Kelly and Conway, who first reported that the president-elect would not pursue his campaign pledge to lock up Clinton, his Democrat opponent. I think he's thinking many things. He prepares to become president of the United States, and things like that sound like the campaign are, is not among them. She continued, I think Hillary Clinton still has to face that a majority of Americans don't find her honest or trustworthy. But if Donald Trump can help her heal, then maybe that's a good thing. At the second presidential debate, Trump sounded a much harsher tone. Well, here's what I think. I think that it's a simple matter of him, him showing wisdom. I think he's showing wisdom. I think he's standing up for the right thing and waiting until... He takes office, at which point in time, guess what? Donald Trump, as the president, does not necessarily enforce the law, does he? He signs things. He can request things, but he doesn't enforce the law. 
What we're going to see is we're going to see a new attorney general in the United States. And that is uh, Judge Sessions out of Alabama, and I'm personally very excited about that. So we're going to see that. And the second thing we're going to see is there will be a new head of the FBI. There's no question. James Comey has utterly failed. He needs to, well, I don't know if he needs to step down or just wait until he's replaced. But, uh, well, Frank follows out his oath requires him to faithfully execute the laws. Yes, he does. But it's going to be up to the Justice Department and the FBI to do this thing. I mean, Donald Trump doesn't come down and say, hey, I believe there's a bank robber. You need to arrest him. No, we have law enforcement officials, and that is their job. And I think that's what we're going to be looking for. So going to hit this break. Going to be right back. i got a lot of more for you today on the show on the Amazing Doc Green Show. We're going to have some good music in the second hour, too. So just stick around, guys. The Amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. The measurement process went very easily, and when it came installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. 
From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It's, it's really nice. We actually have a mobile showroom, so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you, and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call, and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot, and it's all free of charge. That's Ted Floors of Houston. TedFloors.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. The doctor is in. And the doctor is in, and we are jamming it here today on uh, Raising Elephants Radio and American Voice Radio. Thank you guys for being here. want to remind you, we will have a real show on uh, Thanksgiving Day. So it's not going to be a rerun. We're, we're going to actually do a Thanksgiving Day show. So I hope you guys will be part of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I can't tell you for sure who all is going to be on that show yet. I'm still working on it, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a barn burner. So anyway, I appreciate you guys being there for that. want to say hello to all of my friends on Facebook. Brenda, it's good to see you there. Brenda with Freedom, Texas. Glad to have you as part of the show, always. And, uh, and anybody wants to be a part of the show, you just call 800 932 1980, 800-932-1980. That's how you get on the show. And we will be glad to talk to you. So um, we've had all these cop killings here lately, and it's sort of distressing. What I would like you to know is that this is a direct result of having a Barack Obama and his injustice department in operation. If it weren't for Barack Obama and his injustice department, we wouldn't have these cop killings. This is a direct result. Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and the like have bred contempt for America. Hey, Chaplain Gypsy Robertson there, too. That's good to see him. Uh, Tommy Attaway said, somebody read Chapter 6 of Independence. Yes. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I did. And uh, CPS shows up in Chapter 6 of Independent. And that's right. I got my coconut water. I got my LaCroix right here this stuff to me i this is almost as good as beer guys lacroix coconut water for all you guys up there on uh, youtube and on facebook i love this stuff the store used to didn't hardly have any over my kroger that i go to but since i went over there and started buying it and complaining to them about not having it now every time i go over there they've got at least two or three cases and uh and i buy them all because it's it's basically club soda with a little coconut oil in it is what it is. It's got a little flavor to it. No sugar, no calories, no aftertaste. Unfortunately, perhaps no alcohol, but when I'm doing the show, that would be a bad thing, so we don't want to do that. 
But, uh, yeah, I'm doing LaCroix coconut water. Got uh, Tex in there today. Glad to have you all there. So I haven't checked Tommy Attaway. I haven't checked to see if I get past Chapter 6. I don't know if that's in my inbox or not, but I'm getting an advanced look at uh, Independence, and it's uh, shaping up to be a pretty exciting read. So I'm looking forward to getting through that. Donald Trump. I love the guy. I do. Now, I may hate him in a year. I don't know. But right now, i got to tell you, I love the guy. So uh, he uh, he asked all the media to come and have a little meeting with him. <laughs> These TV execs and, and uh, news anchors showed up there at Trump's palace thinking they're going to be dis- discussing how much access they would get to the Trump administration. You know, they were hoping that they wouldn't be stonewalled like they have been with uh, the uh, the past administration with Barack Insane Barry Sotero, Harry Bunnell, Obama. Um, we don't know who he really is. Those are all names that he has used. Uh, that's what they're hoping for. Is they're going to find out that uh, Donald Trump's going to be more transparent and actually give them some access and not make them beg for it like they're used to doing. But uh, one of the execs says the meeting was a total disaster. <laughs> Trump started with CNN chief Jeff Zucker. Said, Jeff, I hate your network. I hate everyone at CNN. They are liars. You should be ashamed. <laughs> Woo! Tell it like it is. Oh, yeah. Get on down to it, Donald Trump. Uh, a second source confirmed those fireworks. The meeting took place in the big boardroom, 30 or 40 people, all of them the big-time anchors. Trump kept saying, you're a room full of liars, the deceitful, uh, dishonest media who got it all wrong. <laughs> he called that Jeff Zucker by name and said everyone at CNN was a liar. Trump didn't say that NBC reporter uh uh, Katie Turr by name, but talked about an NBC female correspondent who got it all wrong. And then it referred to a horrible network correspondent who cried when Hillary lost. <laughs> and that was been, that would have been Martha Rabbits, who was also in the room. The stunned reporters tried to get a word in edgewise to discuss access to his administration. CBS, good morning. Uh, Co-host Gail King did not stand up but asked some question. How do you propose we, the media, work with you? Upchuck Todd asked some pretty pointed questions. David Muir asked, how are you going to cope living in D.C. while your family's in New York City? It was just a horrible meeting. Trump spokeswoman Kellyanne Conway told reporters that the gathering went well. Yeah, well, it depends on which side of it you were on. For Donald Trump, it went well. It went very well. But for all these liars in the news media, and I'm telling you, CNN deliberately lied. And my iPhone has, has this built-in CNN feed. This is propaganda. The good news is now maybe the news media can perform some function because for the last eight years, all they've done is prop up the Obama administration, and we're attempting to prop up Hillary in her bid for election. But they failed. Anyway, the meeting was supposed to be off the record, and all the participants agreed before showing up they would not talk about the substance of the conversations, but obviously it was just too much for them. So the hour-long session included Deborah Turnus, Lester Holt, Upchuck Todd, 
James Golson, George Stepanolovus, uh, David Muir, Martha Raddatz, Nora O'Donnell, John Dickerson, Charlie Rose, Christopher Isham, and Bill Shine of Fox News, Jack Abernathy, Jay Wallace, Suzanne Scott, uh, MSDNC's Phil Griffin, and, uh, of course, Jeff Zucker and Aaron Burnett. Arthur Sulzberger, publisher of the New York Times, plans to meet with Trump on Tuesday. Oh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that one. But this is so cool. This is the first time that the news media, since it became the horrible pit of snakes that they have become, has been called on the carpet. There was a point in time, I mean, it was back in the 50s, so most of you guys don't remember, but there was a point in time back in the 50s where the news media actually tried to report the news. The Edward R. Murrows of the day tried to report the news. They were also embedded with our troops in Europe trying to report the news. They were not against us. They weren't like, I guess the big change came with Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite, a closet communist, Walter Cronkite came out and actively worked against U.S. interest and therefore you, the people. So uh, there's this talk about Facebook cracking down on fake news. I know for a while, if you went to RagingElephantsRadio.com, you got a warning that it was a dangerous website. I don't know if they ever fixed that or not. But uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Facebook's co-founder and CEO, responded to a wave of post-election criticism on how misinformation swayed voters with a statement late Friday. He said, this is something we've been working on for a long time. We take it seriously. Well, apparently they consider any sort of a conservative website fake news. On the other hand, when you've got someone like CNN, CBS, MSDNC, ABC, uh, standing out there, bold-faced lying, telling you that Hillary Clinton is winning, she's way ahead, there's no possible way Donald Trump wins this. When you've got all of those networks saying the identical thing, when you've got all of the networks involved in a full-court press to get Donald Trump, is that not fake news? And the answer to that is, of course, it is. That is the very definition of fake news. These House organs or what used to be the House organ, uh, now gone, and thank God for it. That's, uh, I don't know what else to say, guys. But it's about time we called them on the carpet. It's about time we stood up for what's right. And God, God bless you, Donald Trump for calling these guys in and kicking their ass because they needed it. The Doc Green Show will continue. Here's a little music you've never heard in your life.
Oh, yeah. You got to like that, guys. That's the good stuff. And we're not going to play that one right now. So if you happen to know who that was, let me know. I know you don't because none of you have ever heard that song before. Not one of you. But if you think you know, go ahead and let me know. Meanwhile, a man suspected, quote-unquote, of killing a San Antonio police detective has offered an apology to the dead officer's family. Otis Tyrone McCain, 31, was arrested Monday in a fatal shooting of Detective Benjamin Marconi. Police say Marconi was killed specifically because he was a law enforcement officer. I believe the uniform was the target, said uh, Police Chief William McManus. Marconi was shot at close range Sunday while he wrote a traffic ticket outside of police headquarters. The shooting led to a massive manhunt as police released photos of the suspect his, in his car and asked the public for help. McCain was arrested and taken into custody without incident. He was escorted out of the police department. Reporters asked him why he was upset. He said, society is not allowing me to see my son, so I lashed out at somebody who didn't deserve it. Man, I think I got an idea why they weren't letting him see his son. That's what I'm thinking. Anyway, he said, I've been through several custody battles, and I was upset at the situation. When asked if he had anything to say to Marconi's family, he said, look, I'm sorry. The shooting happened a few minutes before noon on Sunday when uh, Marconi, who had pulled over a driver, he was acting in the capacity as a road pirate, uh, pulled over a driver out on the south side of the police station. He'd returned to his uh, patrol car to write the invoice to receive the funds when the man pulled up behind him, got out of his car, walked up to the driver's side, walked up to the uh, uh, patrol driver's side window, shot him in the head, then reached through the open window and shot him a second time. And after the shooting, he returned to his vehicle and drove away. Officers found McCain using videos and information turned up by the investigation. They said they kept him under surveillance for several hours And then uh, he was arrested by a SWAT team while riding with a woman and a two-year-old child in the car on I-10 on Monday. Texas Rangers, U.S. Marshals, and FBI agents assisted in the investigation. Based on the actions of this individual prior to the shooting, we have fairly good video documentation of what he was doing. I'm still convinced that he was targeting police officers, no matter who it was. And it was any officer he may have come across. The department released footage of a man seen inside police headquarters four hours before the shooting and a video of the car leaving the scene. This case, although we've made an arrest, is far from over, said uh, Police Chief McManus. So we continue to investigate until we have every shred of evidence. McCain has a criminal history. He's 20. In 2012, he pled no contest to an assault charge. Obviously, this guy needed anger management. Police shooting in San Antonio was one of only four incidents in which police were shot on Sunday. Marconi was the only fatality that day, but his death marks the 58th fatal shooting of an officer this year. Thank you, Barack Obama. So um, who is this guy, Mr. Otis Tyrone McCain? He's 31 years old. He was found in a car with an adult woman and a young child. No one was injured during the arrest. Um, McCain has a criminal record, lives in San Antonio. He was under surveillance prior to his arrest. So uh, he shot the cop twice while he was writing a ticket. 11.40 a.m. on Sunday morning. Now, 
it occurs to me that maybe if he had been in church, this wouldn't have happened. It also occurs to me maybe if he had been in church, he wouldn't have lost custody of his child in the first place and therefore would not have the anger management issues. That's just me, though. So um, earlier that morning, about 7.30 a.m., McCannis walked, uh, was talking with an officer through the intercom system but would not reveal what was said. Shooting came several hours later after he uh, fired at the cop. 2012, he was convicted of assaulting his wife. This could be why he was not able to see his son. And typically, you know, if you're a wife beater, uh, you know, CPS frowns on letting a wife beater have custody of a child. He was sentenced at that time to 60 days in jail and then given probation. It's not clear if he has any other convictions or arrests outside of Bear County. He went to Fox Tech High School in San Antonio. Just looking to see if there's anything else here that you should know. Police have not yet determined the motive, but apparently he was just upset with cops. San Antonio Mayor Ivy Taylor, the uh, the black uh, communist who runs uh, San Antonio now, she has offered her condolences to the officer's family. Said this type of crime will not be type of crime will not be tolerated. Well, I don't know. It's very sad that Officer Marconi, who seems to be a very upstanding member of uh, society, would die the way that he did. Up in Eulis, uh, uh, we also had police officer David Hofer, who was shot and killed while responding to a shots fired call. But Marconi is the first officer shot and killed in the line of duty in San Antonio since December of 2013 when Officer Robert Deckard was shot while chasing robbery suspects. I'll try to bring you some more information on this as it leaks out. But this ultimately comes down to Barack and St. Obama. By his very presence, he has caused people to want to act out like this. Not giving people an excuse, I'm not, but by his very presence, uh, he is causing these things to happen. And it's got to be, it's got to be stopped. And the only way it's going to be stopped is if a man like Donald Trump put somebody solid in the Justice Department, Justice Department, and it looks like he has with uh, Attorney General Sessions, Attorney General-elect Sessions. Um, and once they start going after these criminals that we all know are criminals and prosecuting them for high crimes and misdemeanors, that's when things are going to change. So we'll see what happens in, in that, but that's what it's going to take for we're going to turn this thing around, and nothing less than that is going to do it. Going to hit this break a little early, and we'll be right back on the Doc Green Show. So guys, stick around. The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. 
just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. Seha Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Seha Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super efficient system, you should call BDAC 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. The doctor is in. And the doctor is in. 
Appreciate you guys sticking around for the uh, remainder of the Doc Green Show. You know, Rick Perry met with Donald Trump. Now, here's the thing about Rick Perry. We here in Texas, we know Rick Perry to be the pusillanimous loser that he is. We know that Rick Perry, while he pretended to be tough on the border, never did anything to stop any illegal immigrant. In fact, you could say that he aided and abetted that. We know that Rick Perry didn't do anything in Texas to lower taxes. In fact, Rick Perry helped us to get the franchise tax, which is a horrible law that should be totally repealed. But nonetheless, Rick Perry's been meeting with Donald Trump because everywhere else in the United States, they think Rick Perry's pretty awesome. I mean, he just got off of Dancing with the Stars. That, that alone makes him awesome. Uh, Kellyanne Conway told Fox News that uh, Perry is under consideration to lead the defense or energy departments. It's unclear how he could be any good in the Defense Department, because God knows he didn't do anything to defend Texas. Uh, but maybe he'd be better in the Energy Department. I don't know. He may, he may have a positive outlook as far as uh, Texas oil uh, goes, and maybe, he'll, uh, maybe he'd make that happen. I don't know. But uh, I did think it was interesting that, uh, that he's even talking to him at all. Trump transition team says the president-elect and Perry had an in-depth discussion on Homeland Security, Border Patrol, illegal immigration, and their conversation included the Department of Homeland Insecurity, ISIS, and America's place in the world. Perry is an Air Force veteran. All right, I'll give him that. I'm an airman myself. And one of Trump's most viscerously critical opponents over the course of the Republican primary, at one point calling the real estate mogul, Mogul, a cancer on conservatism, like Rick Perry would know, because there's nothing conservative about Rick Perry. And in fact, Rick Perry uh, makes Donald Trump look conservative by his very actions. Perry was at the vanguard of the establishment consolidation around Donald Trump. And uh, once it was clear that he was the party's nominee, uh, Rick Perry attended the RNC this summer and championed or campaigned for Donald Trump during that period of time. Well, anyway, I just wanted you to have that bit of news because, I don't know, it might be of some importance. Uh, Jeff Sessions, on the other hand, has a slated for attorney general shortly after Donald Trump is sworn in in January, and a vacancy is going to occur in his Senate seat. Alabama law calls for the governor of the state to make an interim appointment and schedule a special election. On such a day as the government may direct. There are four members of Congress under consideration for that interim appointment. There are a fellow by the name of Robert B. Adderholt, uh, Mo Brooks, Gary Palmer, and Martha Roby. And uh, those guys have all been rated, by the way, by a conservative review. And Gary Palmer gets an A from conservative review. Martha Roby gets 49. That would be a clear F. And Robert B. Adderholt gets a 53, a clear F. So your choices are between Mo Brooks, who's getting an 83, and Gary Palmer, who's getting a 100. I guess we should go with Gary Palmer. What do you think? Anyway, Governor Robert Bentley faced the choice between two conservatives and two squishes to replace Sessions. As Conservative Review, Daniel Horowitz wrote in 2012 at Red State, Alabama is one of the most reliably conservative voting states, which has historically had some of the most notorious squishes as representatives. Two of the worst offenders are Martha Roby and Robert Adderholt. So let's take a look at them. Robert Adderholt, 
has failing grades on both the Liberty score and the broader Liberty card. This becomes more concerning because he has been a longtime member of both the Republican Study Committee and the Tea Party Cockeye. Both groups are nominally conservative, but Adderhold is anything but a conservative. He served in Congress for 20 years after winning election in 1996. And if you guys listen to the Scott Ford Show on Raging Elephants Radio, it comes on every morning from 8 until 10. I strongly urge you to be there. Download the free Raging Elephants Radio app. It's free, and it's in your app store. It's in the Play Store if you're on an Android device. Download the free Raging Elephants Radio app and listen to Scott Ford every day from 8 until 10. But anyway, Scott Ford, former FBI agent, former CIA agent, uh, former college professor, and the liberal triple, uh, excuse me, the uh, libertarian triple threat, as we call him, uh, he has gone to great lengths to talk about what's going on here with some of these people that once they get elected, he said, if you get elected, your chances of getting one time, your chances of getting reelected, I think he said, were 70%. If you get reelected twice, your chances of maintaining that seat are over 90%. That's huge. So becoming a congressman, even though you have to run every two years, it is essentially a job for life from which you get an incredible retirement after just 12 years. After just 12 years, you retire with over $100,000 a year. But they never want to retire because, well, I guess it was the Hobbit that brought it out the best in the in the, the trilogy, the first one, Lord of the Rings, the opening monologue, what men want above all else, power. Nothing else matters as much to a man as power does. Hillary Clinton, a perfect example I mean, here is a woman, I use the term loosely, here is a woman who has it all. She's got four palatial estates. She's got hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank uh, over there at the uh, foundation, because that's all it is, a piggy bank for Bill and Hillary and, uh, where, and their children, their daughter. She's got all of this going for her, and yet it wasn't enough. The world was not enough for Hillary Clinton. She had to have it all. So that just says it all. Mo Brooks. Well, wait a minute. I'm not done with Robert Adderhold here. Adderhold tells the people in his district he will fight for conservative priorities, but he does not. Sounds like a Republican. He's been in lockstep boat with leadership on bloated omnibus spending bills, including the ones that funded Obama Don't Care, and executive amnesty. And as chairman of the Homeland Security Appropriations Committee, he has not used his power to defund Obama's executive amnesty, proving that his rhetoric and his actions do not agree. He voted for crony capitalist Export-Import Bank and bailed out the Highway Trust Fund. Two horrible things. The only bright spot for Adderhold has been on moral issues. He has fought for religious conscience protections and the unborn. Well, keep in mind, Republicans do not fight for the unborn. Republicans fight to keep the uh, planned infanticide issue as a campaign issue. They have no interest in stopping abortion, because if they stop abortion, what do they got? In the case of Adderhold here, he ain't got a leg to stand on if there is no abortion issue. 
I mean, if the Congress did the right thing and said, you know what, a baby is a baby and you just can't kill babies because it's inconvenient, that would kind of end that issue for him, wouldn't it? Uh, Jeff Sessions might also be replaced by Mo Brooks. I need Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks has a B grade on the Liberty score and the Liberty card. He has been a reliable conservative vote on spending, on immigration, on moral issues, and most importantly, the Second Amendment, which recognizes your God-given right to keep and bear arms. Anybody know what the scripture is? Write it down on Facebook. I want to see if you know the scripture where God uh, presented that. While some of the representatives may not have a good record on scorecards, not all lead on conservative issues, but Brooks has. His biography at the Conservative Review states, he has been a vocal leader on conservative issues, particularly on immigration, where he stood firmly against illegal aliens coming into the United States and against illegal aliens serving in the military, as Barack Obama wishes them to do. He strongly supports deporting the criminals who have broken the law and committed this country illegally and strongly support stiff penalties for companies, businesses that employ these criminal illegal aliens. He would continue Jeff Sessions' fight in the Senate for those issues. The one area where he wavered a little bit is on increased funding for defense and the space program. The Marshall Space Flight Center is in Brooks District, as is the Redstone Arsenal. Brooks, however, failed when he supported that pusillanimous piece of crap, John Boehner, uh, John Beaner, John uh, John the Boner, uh, the Weeper, against an effort to unseat him in 2015. He said he had serious reservations about the speaker, but he didn't support chaos. Let me tell you what chaos would have been. Chaos would have been voting for Louis Gohmert, and that wouldn't have been chaos at all. Louis Gohmert, the lone standout in the Texas delegation, the only one of the Texas delegation that I truly trust or appreciate. I've met him many times, and you look at his voting record, he fails to disappoint. He's in the top 10 most conservative congressmen. That's huge. So Gary Palmer is one of the few reps that happens to have a perfect Liberty score. His total voting record it may not be perfect, but he scores an A on the broader Liberty card listing of votes. Palmer is the most conservative representative being considered to replace Jeff Sessions. Palmer is a first-term congressman. That's a good thing. And he's serving in public office for the first time in addition to his near-perfect conservative voting record. Palmer has long been active in the public sphere. He is a co-founder of the Alabama Policy Institute, probably not a lot different than the Texas Public Policy Foundation. He works at the Institute for worked at the Institute for more than 20 years, helped create the State Policy Network, which is a coalition of state-based conservative think tanks, and he worked to defeat a state lottery. He fought against state tax increases and got vouchers approved in Alabama. Palmer kept his promise not to vote for John the Boner for Speaker of the House and instead voted for Jeff Sessions. Many see uh, Palmer's short time on Capitol Hill as a weakness, but I see that as a strength. So there you go. And then you got Martha Roby. Roby is a squish of squish. Despite being elected in one of the most conservative districts during the 2010 Tea Party wave, she gets a failing grade on a Liberty score and the Liberty score card. She has been a reliable member of the Republican establishment, has never even faked 
being a conservative by joining a nominally conservative Republican study committee. And in her brief tenure at Washington was a member of Kevin McCarthy's whip team. And Kevin McCarthy gets a 35 on the uh, conservative scorecard. Roby was rewarded for her willingness to back members of the leadership in their bids to fund Obama's agenda with a spot on the coveted health House Committee on Appropriations in her sophomore year of 2013. Eric Erickson summed up her tenure with one year into her term. She has led on nothing conservatives care about and voted against everything conservatives do care about. She's carried the water for the leadership, betrayed her conservative constituents, and failed to fight against the tide of creeping socialism in the country. I'm reading this to you because with Jeff Sessions leaving, whoever takes that position is going to have a lot to do with what happens going forward. We have a very thin majority in the Senate. Oh, yeah. Time to rock it out, guys. I don't know if anybody got the answer to the first time to who that first tune was. that what do you think i'm looking for your answers and i think john goff's going to join us here for a minute so uh give me a call if you're out there peter richards my brother in arms in this battle to restore liberty and freedom within our republic just got in hey peter it's good to see you in there you are a fellow freedom texas member now how many of you guys have actually read how many of you read that book, We Defy? We Defy by Tommy Attaway. Seriously, how many of you read that? We got John in here. So, John, let's, let's, let's chat a little bit here in the remaining moments of the show. What's, uh, what's going on out there in Maryland? Hey, Doc. How you doing, buddy? I haven't talked to you in a while. Well, yeah, you've been busy. I've been busy. But, uh, hey, we succeeded. I don't think we've talked since Donald Trump uh, got elected, have we? Yeah, we, we worked very hard to get that man elected, I'll tell you that right now. My wife and I, we drove, we took a train up to New York eight years ago just to ask him to run for president. And 
I spoke to his son's secretary, Donald Trump's secretary, well, both his son's secretary, his daughter's secretary, just to get their father to run for president. And and I and I knew that he he said he was thinking about running twice. And I said this, you know, last year I said, look, if you don't run this time, three strikes, you're out. You're gonna you'll never have another chance like this in a lifetime to run for president. Thank goodness he did. He just saved America. I I believe that if America has a chance, Donald Trump was it. And I said before he got in, I said, you know, I used to do a TV show called Tommy's Garage. And I said before that happened that if he gets in and runs, he will win. And everybody laughed at me and said, yeah, no way. And then when he's running, they said, nah, he ain't going to win. No, nah, he's a clown. He'll never make it. Well, guess who was right? <laughs> you were. <laughs> so uh, quit quit listening to uh, the Clinton News Network, guys, and start listening to some real news, which is right here on American Voice Radio and Raging Elephants Radio. This is where the good stuff is. So, uh, well, I'm glad that you guys did that. And uh, during the election, you know, I went up to Wisconsin, and we block walked, we knocked on doors, we made phone calls. Uh, we were absolutely intent on getting Donald Trump elected. And uh, it looks like it's been successful. Um, so during this, did did you waver at all, John Goff? Were you, were you uncertain? Oh, my goodness. We had banners up on 95, Interstate 95, and it said, uh, can't be bought, Trump. And then we, I bet you we reached about 75,000 cars going up and down the Interstate 95 corridor, you know, yeah. up and down the East Coast. And I'll tell you what, I mean, people were so excited. And I told everybody, I said, we need Pennsylvania and Florida and Ohio to win this election. And Trump, his campaign must have listened. Because I told, I, I kept emailing his info at com, saying that he's got to hit Pennsylvania at least six or seven times. And he did. And he hit Florida. And I, you know, and he did. He was listening. Somebody in his campaign was listening to what I was saying, and he did what he what I what I asked them for them to tell him to do, and he did it, and he won. Thank goodness. Well, I'm just ecstatic. I mean, I went to church uh, Sunday, and the guy that's head of security at our church also works for Homeland Security, and he was giddy. <laughs> he he couldn't smile any harder. He was literally jumping up and down with excitement. Well, you know, now they can actually go to work. Now they can actually do their jobs. And now they don't have a man in the White House telling them, no, don't do your job. Now we can secure our borders. Now this Iranian deal has got to go. That was the worst deal I have ever even heard of in my entire life. It, it, you know, the NAFTA agreement, you know, what people don't realize in a NAFTA agreement is that Mexico is actually responsible for 50% of anybody who crosses into the United States illegally, and they are not living up to their agreement. What's and new? Donald Trump is right. He can get them to pay for that wall. Yes, they are going to pay for the wall. And look, guys, it's, it's as simple as Donald Trump simply saying, you know all that money we've been sending you every year? We're going to go ahead and use it to build the wall. And after we get the wall built and we've recouped some of our expenses, uh, then we'll talk. It's that easy. You know, uh, and if yeah, they don't want that know, cut off, they're going to write the check. 
And, you know, I was, uh, you know, down in Mexico and seeing all those American companies, you know, down in Mexico. And it just, and, and then rumors that I heard that, and I, and I forewarned them. And I tried to talk to the, you know, the State Department. I tried to get through to people in Washington. Nobody would listen. Nobody would, even if they answered the phone, they wouldn't listen. And I kept telling them, look, you guys are going to have a big, big problem because they're sticking children on the trains. Heading and sending them straight up to the United States, and I said you're going to have a problem with all these children. Well, guess what happened? Now they're all homeland. I mean, all the border agents are all complaining about changing diapers. And I tried to forewarn them. I tried to forewarn them on France. I tried to forewarn them on before 9/11. This just could happen. I tried to warn them about Ukraine. They didn't listen. You know, I sat with the first secretary of Norway. He told me what was going on in the EU, and I tried to reach, you know, anybody in the State Department. And then, I'm, you know, I told him about the counterfeit money that was, that was taking place over in the Ukraine with the, uh, uh, the Chinese uh, counterfeiting uh, American money. And this was told to me by a bank manager over in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So I can't get anybody in Washington to listen. They get in that bubble in Washington. And they just don't listen. I just hope that that is changing, John Goff. I really do. And by the way, I don't know if you heard, but it's official. Uh, Bikers for Trump. Uh, they're going to be at the inauguration. So uh, we got a little something for all of those uh, paid for, bought and paid for George Soros protesters. Uh, they're going to have to stand up to some real men. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, I'm asking everybody, please, Google George Soros, and you'll find out what kind of a man he really is. I mean, really. He's, he's taking and done Soros, things. To call him a man is kind of a stretch, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, you really should Google him and find out what he's all about. And, and, and it, will, it will definitely uh, it'll change your mind if you like the guy, that's for sure. There's nothing good about George Soros. The guy, the guy is actually pure evil, and uh, he made all of his money by destroying the livelihood of other people uh, in uh, in current arbitrage uh, in different countries. And he has said his greatest his greatest goal is to totally destroy the American economy, and he got very close oh, to doing it. And I'm not convinced that it's absolutely done, but he got we very close to doing it. Doc, we have to keep this movement going, and we actually got to hit it even harder now that, that Donald Trump is, in, is going to be in office. We all have to stick together. We all have to stick together on this because we cannot let this just pass us by. We have a movement going on, and the, and the, and the train is getting big, and it's getting it's faster, and we got to keep this train rolling, and we, and we just can't stop. We just cannot let up on all of these libertards who are trying to destroy America and these globalists that are trying to destroy America and divide the people, and it's making me sick how Washington is trying to divide and conquer the people of America, and we have to stick together. And I hope Donald Trump goes after education, and he straightens that out, and I hope he goes after the media, these lying medias that are out there, and they're, and they're bidding on these FCC licenses. That's got to stop. Only these billionaires are allowed to own our media. I say give the media back to the people. Indeed, and that's what needs to happen. <coughs> I apologize. 
That's one of the cool parts about Donald Trump dressing down the media this week. Yeah, we got to take care of that media. That media is really lying, and, they're, and they're have, they have globalist intentions, and their intentions are not for us American people. They're, it's for themselves. And um, we have to be careful with the United Nations. I'm sorry, but, you know, this, this is all in the Bible. This is all in the Bible. And, we, you know, we have to be careful of just handing our country away to, you know, foreigners. You know, it was one of my big issues when I ran, you know, was the H-1B visas, these foreign worker visas. You know, this yeah, is a massive I know Americans I with degrees in, in IT, and they can't get jobs because they're being taken up by uh, imports from India. And this has got to stop. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but this has got to stop. I say Americans come first, work Americans first. And there shouldn't be a laid-off American when we have when they're handing out all these H-1B. You know how many? 510,000 H-1B visas have been handed out in the past six years. 510,000. That's 510,000 Americans that are out of work. That's what that is. Yep. And there are plenty of Americans yep. that are out of work. And all of these jobs yep. should be filled by Americans. We've got Americans that would do these jobs, just they... They don't want to go to school for three or four or five years and then have to take a job for $7.85 an hour, which the Indians are all too happy to do because that's high pay for them. Yeah, and, and another thing, Doc, is, you know, we got to stop this, you know, anchor babies. These anchor babies, just because somebody comes into the United States and gets, and gets pregnant or has a baby in the United States doesn't make them an, an American citizen. I'm sorry, but that know. is... It's that's a total all. bastardization of that law. Anyone that's born to a foreign national in the United States owes allegiance to the king of their parents, and they are not American citizens. Hey, John Goff, thank that's you for right. calling in. we got to get out of here. It's the end of the Doc Green Show for today. I want to thank you guys for being a part of it. If it wasn't for you, I couldn't do this show. Don't forget, we're coming to Fredericksburg. We're coming to Tejas Smoke Depot. It's going to be fun. You guys be there. Political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. My co-host today, Alfred Addis, well, he's on a one-day hiatus today, so we will be returning, both Al and myself, tomorrow. However, I am pleased for the full hour today to announce a special guest, Doug Noland, who writes a very informative financial blog, Credit Bubble Bulletin. I know you've heard me mention that before on the program. But we're going to get his insight on why we are experiencing such a drop in gold prices and, of course, the record high stock market. But while we're waiting to connect with Doug, um, let's get to the market report for November 17th, 2016. And, yeah, I saw a headline today right before the program, right before getting connected. Mitt Romney is being considered for Secretary of State. Interesting. I thought that was given to old Rudy. So, ah, politics makes strange news. Anyway, let's get to the market report today. Stocks again mostly higher uh, after Yellen testimony. Um, Treasury slipped a little bit. European stocks were higher. And of course, Yellen is going to hint at a rate hike. We're also going to be talking about the Treasuries today. Dollar index hits a 13 and a half year high. 
and crude oil loses a little bit of steam, and we had a little bit of a bounce back in gold prices today. So first, let's get to the gold prices today. We have gold uh, down six. 640 on gold today at 1219, uh, but we did see a low of 1210 and a high of 1230, so a lot of volatility in gold today. Silver, let's see here, we have silver down 29 cents at $16.77, platinum was down 8 at 939, palladium continues to rise up, up about 1 and a third percent, 732 up 10. The USDX today, was up 0 0.60 at 100.93, and crude oil was down 68 at 44.89. The paper markets today, the Dow was up 35 at 18,903, and the NASDAQ was up 39 at 5,333. The S&P up 10 at 2187. 10-year uh, yield was up 0.05 at 2.28%. And the euro continues to drop, of course, with the strength in the dollar. You have a euro down 0.73 at 106. And as I said, the, the European markets were just barely, they barely had a little bit of breath in them overnight. Um, Doug Nolan has written his blog for 16 years, and he has over 25 years of financial industry experience within hedge funds, mutual funds international bonds. He has impeccable credentials, and I do encourage you to visit his blog, Credit Bubble Bulletin. And I would like to welcome Doug Nolan to the program this afternoon. Good afternoon, Good afternoon, Doug. Hi, Melody. Nice to be with you today. Well, the last time you were here was the first time, and the last <laughs> was in June or July, and a lot of things have happened since then. And, you know, Doug, I weed through all kinds of news reports, financial reports every day, and it becomes clearer and clearer on just how dysfunctional this whole world is. And the most recent of puzzles is the stock market rally to record highs since the election. And even while on the night of the election, I mean, you're talking about 900-point drop in futures. Do you believe all this optimism is warranted? Um, I wish it was warranted. I, I fear, and you use the word, Melody, dysfunctional. Um, I look at these markets, I just believe they're highly dysfunctional. Um, and we can look at the election, right? A, a lot of hedging had taken place going into the election. There was a lot of fear of uh, what the markets considered you know, a low probability of a Trump victory. But uh, the fear was that you would have a big sell-off in that news. Uh, a lot of market professionals bought insurance, bought derivative protection. They were positioned cautiously going into the election. Um, and then uh, that night, election night, when it became clear that uh, Trump probably was going to win, uh, again, the markets, you, you had huge moves in the markets. Uh, the Dow and Japanese yen was up about 4%, and the Mexican peso was down 14%. And it looked like the next day it could be, uh, you know, a dramatic potential you know, financial crisis type of day. Instead, it was a, one of these miraculous rallies. And instead of uh, needing derivative protection, everybody wanted to unwind their trades quickly, unwind their hedges. Uh, the hedge funds had to cover their shorts. 
And then immediately, instead of uh, panic selling, you had panic buying. It was it was dramatic, but I, I don't see anything healthy about it. And, and I think it's always uh, good to keep in mind the way this works. Um, it's kind of the news and the analysis will often follow the direction of the market. If the market would have been down big the day after the election, then you know, the news, uh, the spin would have been very negative, very bearish, that uh, you know, all these problems that people were worried about would have been noted. Instead, the markets were up, so the focus immediately turns positive, uh, that there's going to be a Trump stimulus, that uh, the economy uh, will be stronger. Uh, so that takes on kind of a life of its own, and then a lot of it just performance chasing in the marketplace, where, again, the hedge funds have to unload what they're short and and buy what's going up, and, and you get a lot of volatility in markets that are not easy to understand if you look at the underlying fundamentals. Well, that fear going into the election and the reason they hedge themselves, I mean, that fear just doesn't disappear. I mean, you would think you'd have that same fear of him being elected. That same fear would be there afterwards. And and you also mentioned that the market follows the news. Isn't the market or the news follows the market, isn't the market supposed to follow the news? <laughs> well, it would be nice if it worked that way. These are not normal markets. <laughs> I, would, I would argue they're highly abnormal. And one thing we have to keep reminding ourselves every day as we, as we examine and try to analyze and monitor these markets, we have we're currently you know, $2 trillion annualized QE globally. There's this view here in the U.S. that, okay, the Fed ended QE and the markets kept going up, so QE is not a big deal. We don't even have to pay attention to it. Well, the, the reality is we still have $2 trillion worth of QE globally. A lot of that liquidity makes, it, makes its way into the U.S. markets. And I think what this liquidity backdrop has done is it has taken the fear away of these self-reinforcing market collapses, where especially if you have a lot of leverage in the bond markets or in derivatives and all of a sudden you have a de-risking, you have the hedge funds unwinding trades, liquidity can evaporate quickly in the market. And we've seen that repeatedly over the years. Well, now there's, there's no fear of that. Because the thought is, well, we have two, you know, we have all this QE, and especially, you know, after the, the day after the election, it's back to King Dollar. There's all the liquidity goes into the dollar. It, it, it wants to avoid the emerging markets. It wants to avoid the yen, the euro. So it's going to come into the dollar. It's going to come into whatever U.S. securities are rising most rapidly, which is stocks. So quickly, the fear of a market accident is a fear of being left behind in King Dollar and and, and this big uh, rally in U.S. risk assets. So, uh, you know, again, not not a normal market dynamic, but these are the markets we you know we're, we live with right now. So I mean, so basically, this could go on forever. I mean, it's against my. It's against my thinking. It's against what I believe and what I follow. But can these markets go on forever? Well, I mean, don't I mean, they finally run out of these, money? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think so. My view is, and I've you know chronicled this for a long, long time. And um, 
what I've called, you know, I, you know, I started calling it this back in 2009, the global government finance bubble. I think this is the granddaddy of all bubbles. I think it's gone to the heart of money and credit. It's in all global markets and basically all financial assets. Um, and I don't think they can continue to print. And I think what's changed here is I think the global bond market bubble, which is a very important component of the overall bubble, I think the global bond bubble has been pierced. And we've seen dramatic increases in interest rates. We saw rates yields rising in today. And, and we've seen rates, you know, uh, U.S. You know, 10-year Treasury rates over the last few months up 75 basis points and three-quarters of 1.4%. Uh, we've seen just recently yields rise over 100 basis points in Brazil and Mexico. We've seen yields rise over 100 basis points in Italy. So to me, this is a major signal that things are changing, that we're at a potentially historic inflection point. But at the same time, we still have this ongoing QE, which keeps these markets liquid. And I think, and I, I was thinking a lot about 1994. Um, in 1994, the, the Federal Reserve started raising interest rates, um, and immediately the markets suffered, and there was a big de-risking, deleveraging, and, and, and a lot of trouble in the bond and derivative markets. And what happened is the Fed was kind of confused as we moved on in 1994. They were thinking, okay, do we, do we raise rates more aggressively to help the bond market so the bond market doesn't fear inflation and everything, or do we slow down our rate increases? And I think now it's going to be very difficult for global central bankers to decide what do we do. The markets are worried about inflation. Do we tighten more aggressively? Do we not do as much QE? Or if we reduce QE, does that lead to more fears for all the markets? So I think this is in the end of the game, getting close to the end of the game. The Fed will be raising rates, it looks like, next month. I think the ECB soon will start to taper. The Bank of Japan is flailing in their policy, but they need to rein in just egregious uh, monetary inflation. So I think through 2017, we're going to see you know, rising central bank rates, and we're going to see much less QE. So I think you know, markets can enjoy the, this, you know, the Trump rally for now, but I think there are difficult times ahead in the coming months. Well, if the, if the central banks begin to rise rates, and things begin to unravel, will they go back and, and, and think that they can manage? Or will it be to the point or will it be or will it be to the point that once they begin rising they won't be able to control it anymore? Yeah, and I think that's right. I think there's an enormous amount of leverage and derivatives in, in yields not to mention, you know, all the money that's gone into what we call in the market bond proxies, you know, higher deal, dividend-yielding stocks, into commercial real estate, and basically anything with, that's provided a yield, there's been enormous amount of, of speculative finance that have flowed in to these areas over recent years. So now we're going to see, you know, a, a major reversal away from some of those asset classes. We've already started to see some of that in the stock market. But I think it's all highly destabilizing. And again, I don't think de-risking, de-leveraging works well at all 
don't have as much QE. So the dynamic, what, it, what happens is we start to see less QE, the markets start to get nervous, you have more de-risking, deleveraging, and then the markets start to fear, I got to get out quickly, I, I need to get out of the markets. We haven't had that fear for a while, but I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, I, I don't think it'll take too long for the markets to be concerned with how things are unfolding in the bond market. Well, when they begin to start pulling out, where are they going to go? Um, and that's often the discussion. Okay, if you know, if you sell bonds, what are you going to buy? Well, if you deleverage, you're kind of unwinding a leverage trade, so you don't have any money to buy. You take the proceeds from that sale and you pay off the loan that you took out to to buy that asset. So if we get into a serious de-risking, deleveraging, all of a sudden they're selling, but there's no buying of other asset classes. And that's where it gets more difficult in the marketplace. And I apologize, this is kind of challenging analysis. It can be kind of unconventional, but let's remind ourselves that we now have a you know a hedge fund industry that's uh, you know three trillion dollars worth of assets, and how many more trillion of securities we don't know. We also have an ETF industry that's at three point two trillion dollars. So. We need to remind ourselves that this is, again, not a normal market environment. And there's enormous amounts of trend-following, performance-chasing liquidity. I call it this you know, massive pool of global speculative finance. When it's, you know, when it's embracing risk and buying securities, it, it, it looks like a bull market. But we've seen in the past repeatedly how quickly that bull market can, can turn to what they call a flash crash or you know, fear and, and all of a sudden a, a rapid unwind of a lot of these sophisticated trades. Well, I would, to me, I think that how do they, could, how can they control, when I mean, you were talking about $3 trillion, um, and, and you're talking about numbers that we don't even know, it, it truly is staggering how well they have controlled it or do they just control it through the media and what they want the 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 normal people to know where behind the scenes it is something a little bit uh more of um panic yeah and we saw in another one of these you know unusual market reversals um you know, the, the late night and early morning after the election. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know who controls it. I know there's a lot of, you know, the, the, you can call them conspiracy theories or whatever. I don't, but, but they, they don't seem to be a normal, it, it's not normal market behavior. Um, uh, and I don't know if it's just the Wall Street firms that are aggressive, aggressively trading or global central banks. I, I have no idea. Um but there is a view in the marketplace that these central bankers will not allow the markets to go down much. And it's that view that it encourages a lot of speculation and a lot, you know, a lot of leverage and uh, you know, a lot of bubbles. And we've seen repeatedly how these bubbles eventually burst. So I, I'm very confident that this is a historic bubble. Um, and I'm very confident when it, when it bursts, uh, it's going to be very problematic, but uh, the timing of these things are always very challenging. And I, I've often said, maybe I said it back in July, that as an analyst of bubbles, uh, you know, they go to unimaginable extremes and then double. 
you know, things get crazy, and that's that's kind of the way I see it in, you know, in, in these security markets. But it, and when, we, when we talk about the global bubble also, uh, you know, it doesn't get a lot of attention, but after the election, there's been a lot of pressure on the emerging markets, and there's a lot of fragility there, economic fragility, financial fragility. We've seen a continued devaluation of the Chinese currency. Uh, so we could get back into a situation where there's aggressive capital flight out of China and real concerns for their very bloated and vulnerable financial system. Uh, you look in the emerging markets there, you know, go down the list again, Brazil, Mexico, Malaysia, Indonesia, Turkey, uh, the list goes on and on. These are very, very vulnerable banking systems. All right, Doug, we're going into our first break of the day today. Doug and I will be right back. Please stay tuned. You are listening to Financial Survival. joining us today, who has such an incredible blog, and I, I go there every day, I, I read it every day. People ask me all the time, Doug, where, where do you go? Who do you follow? And I said, well, I don't follow anyone, but what I do read, I read Doug <laughs> and I go to his blog, which is Credit Bubble Bulletin, because there's so much, there's so much opinion, and 
analysis of, of opinions and opinions and and it I don't want that I, I, because when I draw my own conclusions I want facts um, you know I want and then I can determine what I believe and what is fact and what isn't and that's how I come up to my conclusions but I've been doing this for over 22 years so I pretty much know where we're headed and where we're going but folks you do have to visit his his blog credit bubble bullet so um, with that said you've had a long history of dealing in the markets over 25 years uh, would you like to comment um, on that at all or well you know and thank you for the kind words about my blog I, I know when I started it back in 1999 I was just you know I was convinced that finance had changed fundamentally you know we were in this new age financial system unfettered credit unfettered money and I thought as soon as the Federal Reserve came to better understand what was happening as far as securitizations and derivatives, what I called Wall Street finance, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, et cetera, I thought once they understood how this was unfolding, that they would, of course, rein it in. Um, and I expected, you know, the, to, to have a bubble in the title of my blog for, you know, a couple of years. I had no idea that I would still be chronicling this bubble in 2016. So this this whole thing has been extraordinary to watch the evolution in the markets. Um, I think when I first started back in 1990, uh, working for a, a hedge fund in San Francisco, there was like $35, $40 billion in the hedge fund industry. And today it's at $3 trillion. Um, today a lot of the major hedge funds they don't even analyze. They, they just run these quant models. They just run these models. Um, and the whole proliferation of these high-frequency trading strategies, and even I've already mentioned the ETFs, it's just amazing to watch how the market has changed. And a lot of this change has come because of what the Federal Reserve has done. Um, one thing that's not appreciated is this policy of, of manipulating interest rates, manipulating bond yields, uh, basically manipulating security prices, um, that has encouraged, that's made it very difficult for the traditional fundamentalist, the, the person that wants to study and carefully analyze companies to perform well because it's, it's created this market environment unlike what we've had in the past that doesn't work the way it used to. And those of us that focus on risk and, and analysis are at a real disadvantage. It's easier just to buy an index and not worry about risk, be completely risk indifferent, and that way you outperform. Well, the Fed's created this outperformance for the passive management, so Wall Street's created all these new instruments, and, and literally trillions of dollars have flooded in to just playing, just saying, I'm just going to buy the market. I don't need anybody out there analyzing the Federal Reserve policy or analyzing company fundamentals or analyzing the economy. They just make me underperform. I'm just buying the index. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be because you literally have multi-trillions of dollars in funds, and that money will reverse course and come out of those funds when they when they start to lose. There's, they're not there for conviction. They're not there because they trust the manager. They're not there because they trust the stock market valuations, 
sit there because I want to play the market. Um, and I don't think markets can be more speculative than what they've become over recent years. And basically no one even mentions it. You know, they, they act like this is all normal. But for me, this, this, this uh, uh, is market speculation unlike anything we've seen since, you know, the, the late 1920s, unfortunately. Well, you know, I often talk to my clients and their listeners about fundamentals of gold. Um, that's what you have to stay focused on, and you're absolutely right. There are no fundamentals in anything else. And it's, gold is about the only thing that you can really, truly follow because they will um, act. They, they are there, and they're not going to change. And that's why so many of the, my listeners and clients are confused. Um, they listen to their financial planners. They've had half-decent returns. They have a little bit of fear, but they really don't get the true texture of the underlying problems that these markets are the condition. And like you said, they're not there for anybody but to, to, to make money and play a game, and they'll move just as quick as they can. Absolutely. And um, I somewhat hesitate to say this, but I, I think it's true that securities markets today are almost uninvestable. And what I mean by that is investing is where you're out there gauging risk versus reward, and you're making an investment because you're confident that you're buying something at a price below its inherent value, that you understand the risk that you're taking. I don't think we have any way to gauge risk because We've never seen bond markets like we've seen over recent years. We've never seen central bank policy like this. We have no idea what the Trump presidency means. We have no idea what central bank policy is going to be. We have no idea what's going to happen in China. Um, we have no idea. We know there's a lot of risk geopolitically, but it's, it's unpredictable how this is going to unfold. So to me, yeah, you have no idea what the underlying risks are in the securities markets, gold, that's different. We, we, can, we can analyze that, and we don't have to worry about central bankers or governments you know, printing a lot of gold. Um, we've seen gold weaken since the election, uh, disappointing, um, but I also think that's part of this dynamic of all of a sudden when the dollar is really strong, then that puts some pressure on, on gold, and also gold is an asset in this speculative universe competing against stocks and corporate debt, et cetera. So when everybody wants to embrace risk, you know, especially with hedge funds, they'll cut back on some of their gold and, and buy bank stocks, for example. But that uh, certainly doesn't change the underlying fundamentals going forward. I, I, for the long term, uh, I certainly believe in, in gold for my family and for investors. And uh, I, I look at strong king dollar as kind of a gift uh, that provides us greater purchasing power to, to average into the more you know, bullion and precious metals and silver. How high is the dollar going to go? <laughs> it shocks me that it's at the level that it is. Yes, it's, it's amazing. Um, but I remember King Dollar, you know, back in the late 90s, I think mm -hmm. the dollar index went to 120. Uh, and, then, and then drop back down to 80 or something like that. Um, 
well, these, these things take on a life of their own and, and difficult to project. I, I think the dollar's vulnerable, but um, I think, you know, when, when, when U.S. stock market finally starts to weaken, that, that should put some down pressure on, downward pressure on the dollar. How does the government handle the debt when you see these swings in the currencies like it is? Is the strength that we've seen? Does it really even affect? Well, one thing that is worth noting, our deficits have already started to rise. Um, here in the U.S., our fiscal deficit for 20 16, the one that just ended, I think our deficit was about six, almost 600 billion, and that was up almost a third from the previous fiscal year. Now we're seeing yields rise. We're, we're going to see the Federal Reserve raise rates at least in December, it looks. So just in debt service, our, our deficits will rise more. Then if, we, if the economy starts to weaken, uh, then we could see dramatically higher deficits. So we can easily see a situation where central banks are raising rates while the deficit's getting bigger, and all of a sudden there's a little worry about who's going to buy all this debt that's going to come to auction. We've already seen that the Chinese and the Russians and the Saudis and you know, some of the four significant international buyers of our treasuries, they've decided they, they would rather liquidate. And I think that's part of what's spooking the bond market now. The bond market's just saying, okay, this is a we passed an important inflection point. Uh, a lot of things can change now, and and uh, I, I don't really need to own as many government debt, as many government securities now, Treasury securities. So it's one more area that's uh, you know unstable and highly uncertain. You mentioned Janet Yellen. Most likely, we will have a rate increase come December. I think everyone's expecting a quarter point. Could she actually do more? <laughs> would, she, would she do more? I don't and, think and, so. I mean, <laughs> the, the last thing they ever want to do is surprise the markets, right? They want to pander and pamper. <laughs> but the point is, going forward, and even today, right, we, housing starts, and I think there's a bit of an aberration, but housing starts are the strongest since August 2007. Core CPI is now up 2.1% year over year, you know, slightly above their so-called target. Jobless claims are all the way down to 1973 levels, and I'm not arguing that the U.S. economy is strong or healthy or anything like that. I think it's highly imbalanced. Um, but uh, if all of a sudden inflation starts to be more of an issue, there'll be more pressure on the Fed. They can't just do one rate increase a year, you know, just wait every December and do a rate increase. They'll feel the pressure to start to normalize interest rates, to try to stabilize the so-called inflation expectations in the marketplace. So I don't expect them to go 50 basis points, but all of a sudden we could see them back doing, you know, 25 each meeting and, and you know, that would be quite a uh, quite an adjustment for the markets, but we'll just have to wait and see. Well, you know, with the rise in the 10-year last week, the mortgage applications were down like 9% just 
just in that, I mean, even though it was a healthy increase, uh, it's nothing compared to what um, the housing market will experience, you know, when rates, be, when rate rates begin to be increased. So again, it, it, it's like we're be, and that was, and so I thought that was a significant nine point nine percent drop in a week, just based on that. I can't imagine once it begins to become higher, how quickly that'll dampen the housing market real quick. In a hurry, and I would argue also, especially in kind of these jumbos, in the, in the jumbo large mortgages. Um, it seems to be uh, those yields are more volatile. Those rates are more volatile depending on what's going on in the market. But yeah, and I, I don't think there's a lot of an appreciation for the benefits or, or the boost that these yields have given to the economy, especially the housing market. And even, you know, we've had a huge boom in, in uh, subprime auto lending. And, you know, auto lending generally. And I think a lot of that has been, you know, they can securitize these into, you know, asset-backed securities that pay a decent yield. And there's been a real uh, popularity of those in the marketplace. And I can see that reversing course. And all of a sudden you have a tightening not only in mortgage credit, but in, uh, it could be credit cards and, and student loans and, and auto lending. And next thing you know, yeah, we're going to pay the, the piper a bit for pushing forward all this demand with these historically low yields that we've had over the last couple of years. Well, it's just another situation where with all this subprime lending, I was reading about online loans. They're beginning to default. And yet it shows it makes it seem like the economy is great, but yet when you look at the underlying debt, it's, it is anything but great. <laughs> and it's like we're just right back yeah. at the same problem as far as the economy. And you scratch your head, don't you, Melody, that we do not learn our lessons. And it, 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 subprime's interesting, and subprime is, you know, lending to people with poor credit. Um, there's always the latest innovation that somehow makes subprime lending, uh, you know, profitable and practical and reasonable. And, and no, I'm sorry, if you lend to poor credit, uh, it's going to come back and bite you. It always does. And some of the excesses we've seen over the last couple of years, I think they make, you know, 2005 through 2007 look, you know, small potatoes. Uh, and the online area is certainly one of them. And, and I think this you know, subprime auto has, has gone completely bonkers. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, the used car market. You know, it's, it's financing leases and, you, know, you get these advertisements for at least two cars for $222. Well, that only works with interest rates near zero. Um, and now as interest rates start to rise, it's going to be a different financial backdrop out there, especially in auto finance and, and clearly in, in home buying also. We'll just have to see how – usually it takes a little while. And usually the housing market right now, it has, a, has enough momentum where it can absorb – these rising yields, because they really haven't risen that much yet. But then, you know, give it, give it some time, and, and then, it, actually, at first, it can even lead to a, a burst of buying where people try to jump in and buy before, uh, before the mortgage rates go up again. Um, but it shouldn't take too long before we start to see some, you know, slowing in housing. Yeah, and as you mentioned, we're already seeing cracks in, in these online lenders, these online subprime lenders. 
Well, they need that subprime though, because in part, you know, I mean, part and parcel. That is all part of the. They have to keep the, the debt bubble going. They 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 need it. So yeah, they don't learn from anything. They 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 learn how to use it, how to recreate it, reinvent it, but they still need it in order to uh, continue the debt bubble. I was just thinking back, one of the first companies that I analyzed as an analyst for a hedge fund was uh, this company called Ucarco. We want to be your car company. Um, but then they made most of their money not selling the cars, but by subprime lending. And uh, it ended up you know, taking off. They changed their name to AmeriCredit. And interestingly, uh, when General Motors basically failed and the government came in to bail them out, one of the first things they did was they bought AmeriCredit. I guess they knew, uh, you know, they needed yep. to get in and be more aggressive in subprime lending. And yep. Hold on, Doug. We're going to take a couple of minutes for commercial break. We'll be right back at Financial Survival. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Thank you for joining us. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and I'm here with Doug Noland. And 
I want to remind you this program is brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver Trading, 1-800-375-4188. Doug, we talked about a lot of things. And you were finishing up with AmeriCredit. I didn't know if you wanted to add any more to that um, as we were heading into the break. No, I just thought it was interesting, you know, in the, in the heart of the crisis, in the heart of General Motors' failure, you know, when they were thinking ahead, they just, I guess they figured their recovery would require lending to a lot of high-risk credits. And it's interesting how these cycles work out. Um, but uh, that, that was that was my thought there, Melody. All right. Well, we talked a lot about a lot of about a lot of things. And um, is there anything else you'd like? To, is there one item in particular that you think we might have missed? Well, you know, um, kind of big picture here, um, and. Were still a member, would you say that that was sort of the 
uh, support of the euro. That was like the euro was actually backed, not per se, but in idea by Great Britain. And now that Great Britain is no longer part. Yeah, I think it's one more uh, significant development as we get to European disintegration. And what I mean is individual countries wanting to have their own monetary policy, fiscal policy, currency, etc. Britain was obviously a key member of the EU. They weren't part of the Euro experiment. They, They missed that, fortunately for them. But they, they clearly are part of this, the forces of uh, disintegration that really are, uh, put the euro at significant risk. And I think folks forget it. back in 2012, in the summer of 2012, there were very serious concerns for the, euro, uh, for the uh, Italian banking system that Italy may have to leave the euro and that the euro could... The, the euro monetary experiment could end. Um, Draghi came in and changed the dynamic with whatever it takes, as much money as it takes, we'll print it. Um, but I think that's only created a, a major bubble in European uh, debt markets and security markets and certainly hasn't you know, uh, rectified any of the internal imbalances that, that put the euro at, at such risk going forward. So you write about, we touched a little bit on this, but you write about the historic global bubble. A lot of analysts see it differently. What are they missing? Um, and I, from studying bubbles for all these years, I, I come to believe that there's a very interesting dynamic where the more conspicuous a bubble, the less systemic it is, and the less systemic, the less dangerous it is. We saw the tech bubble. Everybody could see the tech bubble. It was pretty obvious back in 1999. But part of the reason it was obvious is because it was isolated in one sector, and when that one sector blew up, it it caused some problems, but it wasn't a systemic crisis. Um, I used to warn about the mortgage finance bubble, and people, you know, during especially you know 2004 to 2007, and people said, "Doug, where's the bubble?" Well, you know, we see some, you know excesses in California real estate, but it's certainly not systemic. But what they didn't appreciate was all that mortgage credit was feeding the markets, the security markets, it was feeding the economy through income growth. Um, and then when the mortgage finance bubble burst, it was a systemic crisis because it affected the whole economy. What I'm arguing here is that this is a global dynamic. It's throughout the world. It's basically all asset classes, and because it's so dispersed everywhere, people look, and it doesn't look like a bubble to them. But China is clearly a historic bubble. I look at valuations in, of U.S. stocks to, uh, to, to GDP, and they're at historic levels. Household net worth to GDP is at a historic level, even surpassing uh, 2007 and 1999. So depending on how you look at it, 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 it's there, but conventional analysts believe, okay, central banks have it all under control, that yields will be low forever because inflation will never be a problem again. And you know their perspective is that, that this is a, a sound, almost normal backdrop, and basically all the 
the, the important data argues against that. It isn't a new normal, is it? Or do they just ignore the, the you know, they have this feel-good expectation, so do they just really ignore everything else and take it as far as they can ride it? Well, in the analysis of the global financial, global government finance bubble, the granddaddy of all bubbles is, we, the bubble has gone to the heart of money and credit. It's gone to government debt, and it's gone to central bank credit. When this bubble bursts, I don't see the next source that reflates the next big bubble. When the technology bubble bursts, the system, the central bank and Wall Street used mortgage credit to reflate the next bubble. That was a huge bubble. When that bubble burst, the whole world has used government debt and central bank credit and interest rates to reflate this bubble. I don't know where we'll go for here, from here. Bubbles always burst, and I don't see how we can reflate a bigger bubble. So I think they're stuck with this, and the problem is if they continue to do QE uh, when, when interest rates rise and when inflation starts to percolate, uh, that's going to be problematic. You could get a real surprise with inflation. If they stop QE and normalize interest rates, you've got a major readjustment in global security prices that will, will not go smoothly. So I don't know which of the two will do. I'm assuming they're going to print more money. Um, but, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. We saw throughout the presidential election this campaign, you know, a deeply divided and uh, antagonistic U.S. population. We see the same. We saw it in Brexit, uh, France, Germany. We saw it in Greece. I mean, it, it's everywhere. Why do you believe there is so much frustration out there? Well, unfortunately, uh, people don't trust their institutions. They don't trust the system. Um, again, it, it, a lot of it is they've seen this inequitable redistribution of wealth. So a lot of people, you know, college students today, they, they don't trust capitalism. Um, well, I'm sorry, capitalism isn't to blame here. It's this, it's this unfettered money and credit that I've been chronicling and warning about going back to 1999. Um, if folks haven't read uh, the book uh, um, When Money Dies, it's the, the story of the German hyperinflation where, you know, the, the Germans kept printing, the central bank kept printing money not realizing that they were the problem. They thought they were the solution. In the meantime, the damage that that was doing to society was just, you know, unbelievably frightening, and we saw the consequences. We're certainly not at that point at all with the German hyperinflation, but you can really see the damage that's been done to our society to, here in the U.S. to, to the, you know, uh, the world generally. Uh, and it, it's, a, it's a very dangerous road to go down when, uh, when, when you split your population, you split them uh, ideologically, uh, politically. Um, again, it, it, the pie's getting shrinking, uh, the pie's shrinking, so people want to fight for their share of the pie. They, they want more from the government because the private sector they believe is not fair. I'm sorry, the government involvement, in, especially money and credit, has led us to where we are today. And that's part of the problem with these bubbles. Each bubble, when it bursts, 
it ensures more government activism. That's more activism from the central bank. That's more activism from uh, deficit spending, stimulus, and just the government control over the economy. And it, it just is a very, very bad and dangerous cycle. It's very concerning. And I, I said, you know, I was very fearful for the bubble back in 2007, but I wasn't worried like I am today as far as the geopolitical risk and as far as what is unfolding in, in our society, which to me is just deeply, deeply troubling. To me, I find the most, this is the social unrest that we're seeing and experiencing. That's, uh, and, and to think when we have this unfold, how much more, how that will be increased. And it's, it is disturbing, and it is something to be fearful of. We have about two minutes left of the program, Doug. Um, do you care to give a view of 2017? Um, it's going to be very uncertain, and I, I don't want to sound like a wacko. And I, I imagine most of your listeners are, are already well well on the way here, but it is time to get prepared for Let's expect the unexpected. Let's get prepared. Let's get our finances together. Let's be prepared for whatever might unfold, because I don't think most people will be prepared at all. So yeah. we'll all have to stick together and, and watch things unfold and, and, and you know, be ready for if it's unrest in society or, or you know, these geopolitical accidents that could unfold. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a troubling time, and I wish I could be optimistic. Melody, I really wish I could. I do too. I would prefer to, to sell gold, uh, collectible coins where people are making, you know, bunches of money and they're going into collectibles and they're happy buying gold and silver instead of buying gold and silver to protect, you know, from what we really truly do face. But uh, it is something that they must get prepared and that's what we talk about all the time on this program. Um, there was one more item I had for you. Well, maybe I'll just remind the listeners to visit your website. Anything you'd like to mention on your website, Credit, credit Bubble Bulletin? It is well, a great website. I, I'm now, yeah, I'm an, an employee at, uh, at uh, McIlvaney Wealth Management, so I'll also mention uh, their website, mwealthm.com. Uh, and also, Melody, I just want to say, let's do the best we can to stay optimistic, to stay positive, knowing that mm -hmm. we've got to be prepared for the worst because we don't want to go through our lives miserable. Uh, oh. we, let's get prepared and just look at this as so fascinating, uh, follow developments, but not get depressed about it because it doesn't help getting depressed. No, once you're prepared, then you can you can live your life. And that's why I tell people all the time, once you're prepared, you cannot stop living your life and let fear take over. And we do, not only in our finances, but our health and everything else. So, Doug, I want to thank you for joining us today. I always I appreciate it when you joined us in July and again today. Credit Bubble Bulletin, folks. Uh, Alfred and I will be back tomorrow. So until then, folks, be safe and God bless. Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me.
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2016, about eight minutes after 2 p.m. Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. That is toll-free, 800-932-1980. That will get you on the air. 
Now, if you don't want to go on the air, but you still like to participate, you can go to our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Okay, that is the website or website. They're identical, but they're on different servers and all that. But either one will get you where you need to be. And if you'd like to participate, you look up our chat room and go in there. And you can participate because I uh, I look in there. And uh, during the break, I actually participate in there. And uh, But, hey, if you go in there, you don't have to participate, okay? You can just chat with, you know, you can just socialize and do, you know, talk about what you want to talk about. There's no rules about you have to talk about what the host is talking about. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about, you know, within reason. Anyhow, everything else you need to know about this network is also found on our website. So there you have it. That's it. Now it's Tuesday, as I told you. And on Tuesdays, we have Al from Colorado here for the lightning round. Welcome, Al. Yeah, well, the Donald better get something, better get his butt off the seat. It says he won't pursue charges. He needs to pursue charges against Hitlery. Well, like I, I've been... No, she can't skate, Frank. You know, I have, I didn't trust this guy before he got elected, and I don't trust him after now, so what are you going to do? No, he didn't get elected, and that's my point, okay? He's not elected, okay? Oh, so let me not tell you, Let me ask you something. Uh, not 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 officially, right? So here, a, here comes the boss, and and he says, "Hey, Al, I want to hire you for four years. I'm going to put you under contract for four years for this cherry job, okay? Okay. And you go, well, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And he goes, all right, well, look, I'll, I'll draw up the contract, and uh, I'll have it to you here on December 19th, okay? Okay, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Frank. So yeah. between now and December 19th. Are you going to run out and start uh, calling him an asshole and uh, uh, this, that, and the other thing? Well, and he's not a yet. Jerk well, and, let's put it Are you going to do that, Al, before as, you get the, the No, Al, 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 are you going to do that before you actually get the job? Well, let's put it this way. No, are you, Al, Al okay. are you going to start pissing off your new boss? No, I'm not. Before you even off, get. Because he's not my boss yet. That's right. And you don't want to ruin the chances of well, actually getting that. Well, let's hope that he changes his mind here, Frank. That's well, all. and you know, Trump's not stupid, and when he says, I'm not going to pursue charges, well, okay. Well, that leaves the FBI yeah. and the Justice Department. You're not the, you're not the Attorney General now, That's are you? That's true. That's <laughs> you know, very so. true. Yes, yes, yes. So let's I just hear. give the guy a chance here. I mean, he's not even elected yet. And really, people don't, I, I don't think people grasp at this point yet how critical and important and up in the air those Republicans in the Electoral College can be. Oh, yeah, we be. talked about this. Yes, we did. But I don't think the general public gets it. I don't think they understand that if Donald Trump starts shooting his mouth off right now and, and starts turning the rhinos going, oh, my gosh, this guy's a maniac. We're not voting for him. Oh, boy, well, he should have kept his mouth shut is what he should have done. Well, he's keeping his mouth shut, and, and he's saying things that will calm them down. Telling them what they want to hear. Well, hey, politicians have been telling us what we want to hear for a long time. No, well, they haven't been why, telling me nothing because I don't listen to why, them. Why not them? Well, obviously, you're listening to Donald Trump. See, everybody else is, too. Every little thing he says now, everybody's got a gripe going, Ah, he's not doing what he's supposed to He's not doing anything. He's not even the president-elect yet. That's true. Well, he's the president-elect. Well, they call him the president-elect. Yeah, but It won't not. really be until the 19th is what That's you're trying to say. That's right. 
That's absolutely Well, we ridiculous. got about two or three more weeks then, don't we, Frank? Yes, we do. And, you know, and, you know, and, hey, he's just talking. Hey, about let him stuff. talk. What do they say, Frank? Talk is cheap? That's right. You know, talk is cheap. And well, I hope he does something. If he does do it before, she, she's going to flee the coup. You know, Frank, she transferred $1.8 billion to Qatar, Frank. Yeah, well. She didn't do it because she wanted to see her money in a, in a foreign bank account. Now, did she, Frank? Well, yeah, but you know how it goes. I mean, if, you're the, if, you, if the United States wants to freeze your assets, you're going to have a hard time doing business anyway. Well, they can't get a hold of her assets now, can they, Frank? Well, she can have her assets. They can have, she can, uh, she, they she can can, have her assets here in the country. And she, her, can, and she can spend all whatever she can get in Qatar, okay? Yeah. But don't think you're going to go to Europe because the Federal Reserve controls that. Don't think you're going to go to Asia because the Federal Reserve controls that. I don't think she's welcome in Russia. She ain't so, welcome anywhere, Frank. <laughs> so I don't think that'll work out. <laughs> So great, you want to live in the sand uh, with, with the uh, Muslims, you go right ahead, honey, and have a good time over there. You know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, here's a billion dollars, enjoy yourself, you know. Uh, I mean, hey, I would be glad if she left the country. That makes two of us. I'd rather see her want, in jail where she belongs. Was though. a wanted international criminal on the, you know, <laughs> on the lamb. You know, that would be nice. I mean, I you know, hey, it's better than what's going on. I mean, you know, well, what about, I, hey, I what about Obama staying in, in Washington, D.C. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to split somewhere, too. He's too much tied into Hitlery, and uh, once they start going after her, he's, he's implicated, too. Well, that's God, my half opinion, a, anyway, you know, I could well, be wrong. Geez, three quarters of Congress is uh, implicated too. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're going to start implicating people. Good yeah. golly, I mean, no, the whole you know, city of Washington. Just let, hey, let's do what my dad said. What did your dad said? Build a fence around the place and rename it the District uh, uh, of Columbia Jail. Yeah, well, that's not a bad idea. How about shutting down the big uh, house of prostitution? We don't need any more stinking laws, Frank. We really don't. No, that's true. We and, don't need any more stinking laws. You know, I mean, I'm look, that's what these people do, but I think there needs to be some compromise on this and so no, we look, need a moratorium on Congress for well, about Well, maybe the there next ought to be a, maybe there ought to be a an amendment or something that says, look, for every law that you suggest, every act of Congress that yeah, you want to do. Yeah, 100 laws go goodbye-bye. Well, you know, you got to be, you know, reasonable, because they just do nothing but write, write, write. So you say two. You know, look, for every one you write, two have to be repealed. That's it. Hey, so after, you know, it might take a while, but after a while, hey, things will start getting better because there will be less laws, and that will force them to write better laws. Going well. If we got to get rid of two, this better be good, right? <laughs> you know? yeah, well, I think they should get rid of ten for everyone. They got well, Frank. Me too, if you but, sat you down know. right now, from the first law that was ever written to the last latest law, you'd be dead before you got through ten <laughs> percent of them, Frank. Uh, Al, if you try to read every law that's in existence today, that supposedly oh, you'd never live through know, it, Frank. Because supposedly we're subject to, you'd never get through it before you were dead. 
No, that's true. That's what I just said, basically. Uh, but you said any law ever written. It doesn't every, even have to have be every, every law ever written. Law, every <laughs> law ever on the books is what I should You have. could live ten lifetimes, and you'd never get through every oh, law ever Christ. written. How about, <laughs> your, how about your buddy Soros with all the busing in Chicago and Detroit? All those busing people over the weekend. Did you see that one, Frank? Yeah, well, you know, hey, he should be... This is a guy who should be hanged. Oh, yeah. They need to, he needs to be... He needs a bullet. He absolutely needs a bullet, Frank. Well, you know, after his fair and speedy trial. Yeah. Which, I, I honestly, I don't mind giving George Soros a trial because I think it'd be pretty darn easy to prove he's committed treason, usurpation, uh, he's committed riot, rebellion, uh, on and on it goes. I mean, this guy is a criminal, and I don't think it'd be very hard to prove. Because, you, you know what? All for, who these, do you think paid for Ferguson, Frank? Well, that's right. All these things have been paid for, and you can, tr you can track money. They've made it so, hey, you can track money. So track the money. Follow the money. You know, it goes back to sorrow. Oh, he also know? paid for the Occupy Wall Street and all the other Occupy crapola. Remember that? Yeah, that was his first real big test test run. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. And it went real nice for him. So, yeah. you know, they did it again. They had catered food. That, of course, that was only for the paid actors that were doing the protesting. They They kicked the homeless the hell out of there because, hey, Get out of here, you bum. You're not allowed to have organic chicken and rice. <laughs> you know, you got to eat the slop down at the mission. You no, can't you got to go to Mickey D's and eat their garbage is where you got to go. Yeah, into their dumpster and eat it because the homeless ain't got that kind of money to go to McDonald's. The homeless have ain't got any at, money. What do you mean you, got any money? <laughs> have you looked at the prices on the McDonald's menu? I, I haven't been inside a McDonald's restaurant, Frank, for the last, let's see, this is, what, 16, 17 or 18 years now. Well, you see, I used it when I drove by. I'd, I'd stop. And I'd look at their thing outside, but now I don't have to, uh, because uh, one of the WalMarts here has a McDonald's in it. Oh, you're talking, yeah, well, you can see if you're inside, yeah, you so can I see it. so I just stand there, and I look at their menu and see what stuff costs. I did the same thing at Subway Sandwiches, too, and I'm telling you, man, these... Oh, Subways these, are really expensive now, Frank. Holy smoke, $8 for $8 a $8 for a Subway sandwich a, a, a foot long, yeah. Yeah, I don't eat there anymore. That's That's that, you know. Now, if I'll I, go to Subway, know, but I won't go to Mickey D's, that's for sure. Well, I used to go to Subway's, but I'm not paying 8 bucks for a, a, a crap sandwich. I mean, okay, their sandwiches taste good, but look, man, the bottom line is they're using crap lunch meat with all kinds of crap in it. And oh, I don't it, eat the lunch meat stuff it, anyway. It's, it's I either certainly, have the chicken or the, uh, or the meatballs or something it's else. It's certainly not health food, okay? No, you know, well, let's put it this way. It's better than Mickey D's garbage. Well, well yeah, but and I pay 5 bucks, and I was paying 5, five bucks. 5 bucks is reasonable for a sandwich, but no more, Frank. You know, when they gave me a foot long for five bucks, I'd go on a subway quite often, actually. But eight mm. bucks, I'm not doing it. Sorry, I'm just not doing it. I, I won't pay $8 for a $5 sandwich. I agree. You know, and McDonald's, are you kidding me? I'm afraid me? to ask what just a plain hamburger costs oh, McDonald's. Oh, my gosh. Just a you regular know, burger with nothing else. Back when I was a kid. They were 15 cents, Frank, when oh. they first started out. Well, you're a little older than me. but Yes, I am. <laughs> like 15 years. Back when I was a kid, though, my yeah. parents and I, we, you know, we lived in New Jersey, and they built a house in Pennsylvania. And we'd go there uh, quite often. And on the way there, it was like tradition. It was just what we did, right? And yeah. On the way there, about halfway, we'd always stop at this one McDonald's. And I'd always get the same thing, because I never, I, I, that was like my, my one opportunity 
yeah. to eat at McDonald's, right? What they do? Well, and when I was a kid, it was a big deal because you know, like anything else, when you're a kid and it's something you don't get to do very often, it's yeah. a big deal whether it's good it's or a not. Treat, yeah. yeah. Whether it's good or not. Yeah. And I would always get the same thing because I liked it. I'd get two quarter pounders with cheese, a large fry, and a coke, an apple pie, and a coke. Okay. Uh huh. Well, now, <laughs> I, I think that costs about 10 or 15 bucks now, Frank. Uh, let's see. Four, eight, nine, uh, ten, it, about 10 bucks for that now. For the same stuff? Yeah. Ten, uh, around 10 bucks or more. They're uh, out of their uh, minds. 10, 10 and a few, few pennies. You want to talk about how stupid people are who've got uh, too much money and no brain? Somebody just bought the dress that Marilyn Monroe sang happy birthday to Kennedy in 1962. Guess how much they paid for this dress, Frank? Are you sitting down? Uh, $20 million. No, you're way too high. $4.8 million for a dress. <laughs> Frank, uh, you proof, hey, 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 Frank, that this, the money is worthless. Hey, this ain't just a dress. This is a used dress. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. You can't make this stuff up, Frank. Hollywood can't make this stuff up. Well, this is just a, you know, a case of, look, too much money, more money than brains. You ever hear that? Yes, that's what I just said. Oh, okay, well, I didn't hear that. And now I'm looking at a thing uh, in two weeks since, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, Donald got uh, selected, as we say. Guess how much Warren Buffett's uh, holdings have increased in two weeks, which is which is a bunch of BS. Four billion dollars in two weeks. Oh, nice. Excuse me, Frank. The money is worthless. Well, yeah, but it's still buying them stuff. It's buying, but it's worthless, Frank. Oh, I know. Hey, you know. Well, look at look at it this way. Back when, uh, well, even before you were a kid, but yeah. you know when when one silver. When an ounce of silver was one dollar. Yes. Okay, so, you know, you'd work for maybe you'd be getting paid 80 cents an hour or something, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it sounds crazy now, but, you know, but they were dealing with, yeah, you're getting 80 cents a dollar. That's 80% of one ounce of silver. Mm -hmm. What is that going for now, Al? 20 bucks? Whatever. Well, well, gee, eighty well, that's per eighty. Per, that's sixteen bucks an hour, then, isn't it, Frank? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that isn't a bad little salary. You know, uh, you know, and if you get paid, you know, but but the whole thing is, look at it. Okay, it used to be an ounce of silver was a dollar. Yeah. Now it's twenty dollars. Uh, no, it's more than twenty dollars. Tell me, tell me, the money hasn't lost value. And, and they tell you, oh, but that's necessary. We have to have that. We have to have inflation now. We have to have inflation because we're all debtors. And, uh, see, paying back debts with inflated money, you're actually paying less than what well, you actually got. Well, why do you got. think the Gestapo comes to you every April Fool's Day and says, well, yeah, Frank, we gave you that money, but we really lent it to you when we need some of it back now, Frank. That's what they think in their minds. I think it's their money, Frank. So, yeah, uh, we lent it to you, Frank. We didn't tell you it was a loan, even though you earned it, but we're going to take some a, a good portion of it back. Otherwise, we're going to throw you in jail, right? Well, that's their plan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen? One day, Frank, you're going to go into Medford, and the people at Satan Way are going to say, hey, Frank, guess what? That toilet paper in your wallet, we can't have that anymore, Frank. We've got to have some yellow or gray or something, Frank, but we can't have that paper, Right. Well, it might not be them right away, but you know what? 
there will be small businesses that are going to stop taking them if this keeps up. Just like in, well, well, I don't know if that's true, but barter will definitely oh, be on Frank, a ride. I don't even want to think about heavy. Hey, Frank, I, I need potatoes. You got potatoes? Yeah, but Frank needs uh uh, he needs carrots, and all I've got is corn. Frank doesn't want any corn, so guess what? I'm out of luck now, aren't I, Frank? Well, unless I know somebody who needs corn, and I can trade you with uh, what I got for corn and go yeah, but trade the corn it, it, to somebody it, it, else. It's got to work, though, if it doesn't work. If you don't know somebody who wants the corn, Frank, then guess what? Al can't trade with you then, can he? Well, you know what, what, the, you know what the nice thing about barter is? Sammy doesn't know what's going on. That's no, it makes every man or woman engaged in barter an entrepreneur. Okay? Because you're out there, you got to go, okay, you know, I can't just whip out worthless paper out of my pocket and get what I want. Not anymore. I got to go get something of value that I can trade for something of value that I, need to that know I what want. Frank needs. Right. And if Frank has something that I need, fine, then we're good. If, if I know what Frank needs and I've got what Frank needs, then we're, we're good to go, as you say. Unless Frank is an, an industrious guy and he doesn't really need what you got, but you're giving me a pretty good deal, so I'm going to trade and I'm going to go find somebody who needs this that I just got from you. Right. And I'll trade with them for something that I actually want, or maybe I'll trade again with something I don't really want, but I know somebody else does. Mm -hmm. You know, and that makes that gives people this independent business me mentality, right? Oh, Where yeah. They're out having a hustle to make a living, That's and they're right. actually doing it. See, rather than going, I'm a drone, I work for Bob, Bob tells me what I need to do. Yeah, you know, Bob gives me this toilet paper every Friday and blah, blah, blah. Right? <laughs> you know, I mean, really, it, it's a whole different mindset. Oh, I understand you know? what you're saying, Frank, but it can get very uh, tenuous. If you if uh, <laughs> if I need something, Frank, and you ain't got it, i got to go to Joe or Barry or whoever, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got to put a little effort into it. Yeah, bummer, huh? Yeah, no more sitting on the couch <laughs> watching the idiot box, especially if you haven't got an idiot box, right, Frank? Hey, well, you ain't got time for that, man. You're too busy, you know, getting stuff together that you need. Yeah. And there ain't nothing wrong with that, I don't think. Well. We could use a lot less. Most people could use a lot less spare time sitting on the couch. That's true. Of course, you know, that doesn't mean everybody, because there's people out there working. No, their, you got their, grandma their, and grandpa who are in their 80s uh, and their 90s, and they ain't going to be able to go out and barter is what I'm trying to tell you. Well, yeah, and then, oh, well, they should, you know, have a family or a church or something, you know, yeah. that they can uh, deal with. I mean, really, the government is not the answer. Look, if the government's the answer, it was a stupid question. Yeah, right? no that, kidding. That, that's the thing. Okay, I mean, I'm sorry. Government but. is not there to take care of you. The government is there to uh, extract whatever they can out of you. That's what government is for. Yeah, That's well, sure, there that's for. what they think they're there for. But, yeah. you know, they're really there. They're supposed to be just there to protect our rights. Well, they're doing a terrible job of it, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does yeah. that answer the question? <laughs> yeah, they, they sure are. But uh, uh -huh. So what else is going on in well, the world I that you've your, been Well, I see your, your good friend, Fat Boy Christie, uh, got kicked off of Donald's, uh, what, a transition team? 
Oh, yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah. He, Everybody uh, speculating. He was getting a little too pushy, and then uh, something happened. Uh, he's implicated in Bridgegate, and uh, they think he's going to possibly go to jail, too. Another good college. He's over with. Bridgegate's over with, man. That whole thing is over with. I mean, it might be the perception that he had something to do with it, but yeah, he's not well, going to go to jail. that's what the perception is, and he, that's what the people are going to jail are, are saying he knew about Well, it, yeah, the people that are going to jail are saying that, but, you know, he's not going to jail. Yeah, not yet anyway. No, he's not going to jail. It's over. The people that are going to jail are going to jail. They've been found guilty. They're the ones that did it. Doesn't matter well, what they say. Why can't we get now. Hitlery and uh, Billy to join them? Because Hitlery and Billy need to join them along with Barry and a few others. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. Here's here's a guy, and I'm no big fan of Christie, but here's a guy, a Republican, who mm-hmm. may have been involved in some sort of... Uh, you know, shenanigans. Uh, yeah, with a bridge. Mm-hmm. Okay, one specific thing, and they're trying to fry him. People are going to jail. Yeah, Hillary Clinton has a forty-year history of murder, deceit. Oh. Uh, you know, treason. I mean, on and on it goes, and and yet she walks free. Yeah. You got to really wonder about something, this. Something smells wrong and rotten in Denmark here, Frank. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, look, I am willing. To give Trump some leeway. I'll give him a chance, see what he does. You know, I am. I'm willing to give him some leeway, but not as much as a lot of people are. Yeah. Uh, because we're going to be able to see what direction he's yeah. going, and they're going, oh, we got to give him 100 days. Oh, well, we got to give him a year. Gonna, we're going to give Trump some leeway, but we're going to have to do it after the break, folks. You know, and I, I might go for 100 days, because that's like 90 days, and, and that's yeah, three, three months. months. and see if he gets off and, the dime. And you know what, though? In three months, we will be able to see... Oh yeah, we'll see if he's uh, if he's all talker or whatever. If he really is, uh, right. you know, really is the real deal. Well, we'll see. But like you said, we got to take a break. We'll it's be back in a time.
Worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives or soy you can be confident your new mana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency newmana.com a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster that's newmana.com n-u-m-a-n-n-a.com since the beginning of the united states Kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
right, there's a little song for the federal government. I don't owe you a thing. That's uh, pretty much uh, what you all ought to be looking at here, folks. Nobody, You don't owe them nothing. They owe you, if anything. And they don't owe you money. They don't owe you a living. They don't owe you anything except to protect your liberty. That's their job. Anyway, this is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's still Tuesday, November 22nd, 2016, about 2.41 out here on the Pacific Time Coast, if that's when it is where you're at. We're live, 800-932-1980, or go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. We got Al from Colorado here for the Lightning Round. Yeah, Welcome you back, know Al. what the anniversary is today. Do you know where you were 53 years ago today, Frank, huh? Yeah, I do. Si- sitting in my uh, crib watching my parents uh, have, yeah. a, uh, have a bad day. Yeah. Somebody got a bullet in his head, too, didn't he? A couple of bullets, yep. didn't he? John Kennedy. Not a word on the national news. I don't see anything at all. Isn't that interesting? I guess he's just gone and forgotten now, Frank. Well, maybe they don't want to give anybody any ideas. Oh yeah. Well, I <laughs> yeah, guarantee you, yeah. Donald's got a Donald has a target on his back. You can you can take that one to the bank. Uh, Frank. He's got it on his back, on his front, on his head, in his plane. He's got it all over the place, man. He better watch out. He better be aware of that because Kennedy was a little naive in my view. He thought, oh, I'm here now, and uh, things are going my way, and I'll do things like I want, and it's well, all for the good of the what? He didn't get to do things like he wanted, evidently, did he, evidently? Nope. No. No, he didn't, and, you know, Trump better take note. Yeah, he better take note. Yeah, this is a uh, this is. I mean, a no, you know, that's not a threat. I don't want the guy getting a second. I don't want him either. You know, but... If he's going to rely on the Secret Service, he's making a he mistake. Better have a, he better have I'm sure he pays plenty of money for his own protection as well, too, Frank. Well, I certainly hope so, because the, the, the Secret Service cannot be trusted. They are part of the Treasury. They work for the bankers. Yes, they do. You see, the Secret Service was really started for counterfeiting. That's what it was for, right. Not to protect the president. Why would you want the stinking bankers... In charge of protecting you. Are you kidding no, me? No, I don't know. Well, is this a great country or what, Frank? What are you going to do about it? Well, I'd hire my own. That's what well, I'd do I about think it. Well, I he's got his own. I'm sure he's got his own right now. I guarantee he's got his own. I right mean, now. his wife is saying, hey, I'm not even going to live in the White House. Forget it. I'm taking oh, care really? of our kids. Oh, yeah. She said, look. I didn't hear about that. When yeah. did that happen? Well, they have a t- there's a 10-year-old. He has a 10-year-old kid, right, that's in school. This big, fancy, rich, obvious private school. Yeah, well, they can school. put him in a fancy, rich school in the District of Criminals, too, if they have to. Well, they don't want to. Well, then I guess she's not going to be in the house with him, then. She's going to no. be in New York, evidently. That's then. right. That's what she says. Is I'm well, saying then it. that's the way and, it is, kid. And they're not like sure. Lump it. And they say, well, you know, she might, him, her and the kid may go to the White House, you know, during summer vacation and stuff like that. But, you know, they're just not going to disrupt this child's life, which, you know, a lot of kids that went, especially kids that, did move well, look around. at Barry's kids. Barry's kids were going to school in Toilet Town, and they moved to they moved to D.C. Now, didn't they? Barry's kids. That's a little different. See, uh, for Barry's kids and Barry and his man, his man wife. Yeah. You know, moving to the White House was a big upgrade for them. Oh, okay. This is a downgrade. See, for the, the Trumps, this is like no, I don't want to move. This is a downgrade. I don't want to move to Coach. 
Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, I, I, I bought a first-class ticket, and I'm not moving yeah, the coach. I don't I'm sorry. Go to, I like that. That's a good analogy, Frank. Yeah, you know, I thought about I, I that. I mean, so, you know, you get this trash, you know, the Obamas. It's an upgrade. Yeah. You know what? I'm not so sure I'd want to live in the White House either. Who needs it? I mean, what? Who cares? Okay, okay look, it's not my house for one. That's right. I mean, people's house. I mean, I wouldn't mind going, okay, fine. I'll go to work there. Yeah. You know, but as far as when I go to bed and I, I want to hang out somewhere. You want to sleep, it, in, your own, sleep in your own bed, yeah, don't you, Frank? It ain't here. <laughs> it ain't here. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Know, you. you know, I wouldn't want to either. You know, I wouldn't, like I say, I wouldn't mind going to work there, you know, but I wouldn't live there, I don't well, think. I don't Especially know. if I was a billionaire. Have you seen... I saw pictures of the inside of his apartment. It looks like a palace. I know. So you want to move into the White House? Really? Yeah, you but know. the White House is pretty fancy, though, Frank. you got to admit, it is a fancy place. Yeah, but it's... It's not a shack. Let's put it that way, Frank. No, but it's not as nice as his place, oh, and it it's not as big. Oh, it doesn't compare to what he's not, got. I mean, he's overboard with his gold door and his diamonds on his door. And it's not as big, either. <laughs> you know, and, and there's only one of them. Trump's got houses all over the place, man. Well, then that's his problem. What are you going to do? Then he's got to pay the taxes on him, not you or me. Well, sure, and I, but I wouldn't be moving into the, you know, it'd be like, nah, yeah, no, okay, no. I'll well, go to... Frank, you don't want the job anyway, I'll Frank, so what else is new? Oh, yeah, I do. I want the job. Oh, you do want the job? Oh, sure, give me the job. I'll well, do the I job. Well, I think it's going to be a heck of a commute from, uh, from Oregon to D.C. every day, Frank, isn't it? Well, who says I have to go there? I mean, I, I'll go there when I have to, but, uh, you know, hey, we've got this fancy newfangled thing called the Internet. Yeah. I don't think I need to actually be there. Uh-huh. You know, uh, honestly, really, why would I? And, well, and, I don't you know. know. Although I probably would go there just to see the hangings. <laughs> and the Hitlery is the guest of Because honor. let me tell you something. If I was president, there would be hangings. Oh, I'll tell you right now, Hitlery would have been in jail by now. Hitlery and Bill and Barry and all the rest of them would have been in jail by now. No. If I was president, if you were president they wouldn't yes. be going to jail, okay? They'd be gone. They'd be a memory. Okay, that's what they or whatever, be. as yeah. you say, the hanging. No, if I was a, if I was the president, uh, we we. Oh, would, Hitler would have been the, long the gone. Is what you're trying to say? Yeah, this, they would be renditioned. Oh yes, uh, yes. renditioned somewhere far away. You know, mm, whatever. Oh yeah, I'm I'm serious. I wouldn't be playing games because you can't let these people stay because they're never going to quit. No. You know, back in the old days, this yeah. is why when you caught somebody like a Hillary Clinton doing the Hillary Clinton sort of thing, and she's not She unique. wouldn't have lasted that long. Let's put well, it that Not way. only would she not have lasted, her whole family would have been wiped off the face of the earth because people back in the day understood, you know what, all those people benefited from her crimes. Mm-hmm. And if we put her in jail, they're all going to continue. They're going to have revenge. They've got their connections. they still got the money. they still got everything, and they're going to come back. I'll tell you what's interesting. All the money, all the people who donated to their slush fund, I'll bet you they want their money back, don't you think, Frank? Yeah. And, and you know, have you read the talk about, and I find this ridiculous. Uh, what's that? that? Oh, that they're grooming Chelsea Clinton. Oh, yeah, I saw that. To, be, to go into Congress or Senate or something. Chelsea Clinton is not going to. If Chelsea gets Clinton gets elected to Congress, it's time for us to leave, Frank. You know what? She may be. I don't know the girl. Maybe she's a nice kid. 
I don't know. I think she's as crooked as her parents. But it doesn't matter because she is a kid. She doesn't have any. She's not life. a kid. She's a twenty-eight or a thirty-year-old woman. She, she isn't doesn't. A kid anymore. She doesn't have any life experience. She's never had a real job. Okay. Oh yeah, she worked for NBC for a couple of years and got paid a ridiculous amount of money. Yes, she did. Well, yeah, you missed the real part. Okay. What's the real part. Real. A real job. She oh, you mean that. not being a uh, a prostitute, in other words. If her name wasn't Clinton, she wouldn't have got that oh, job. Oh, that's true. That's absolutely true. Okay. That's like saying, oh, yeah, you can call me doctor because I have a, uh honorary doctorate. Oh, yeah. Well, you didn't earn that doctorate, and everybody who does have a real doctorate laughs at you. Yeah. You know, when you make people call you doctor because you didn't earn that. And, no. and that's Chelsea Clinton's so-called job at NBC. She didn't earn that job. She was given that job because she's Clinton. Well. Just like Billy Bush. You know the Oh yeah, you mean one of the Bush one of the Bush crime family members. Yeah, the one that made a secret recording of his yeah. buddy. Yeah, yeah, what a pal, huh? Yeah, well he needs to go to the bottom of the ocean too with the rest of the Bush crime family. I mean, think about this. Okay, so look. All right. So Donald Trump said things that, you know, a lot of people say So who cares? You know, so and it was said 11 years ago. Who cares? And plus it's just it, it really is just locker room oh, Frank, talk. I'm and you know what you else? People, people and, get upset over the wrong things, things that happened you know what? 30 years ago. Who cares anymore? You, you know what else really irks me about the whole thing? Okay, maybe he didn't say it the way you'd like him to say it or, or whatever. But what he said was the truth. Okay? Now, the girls may not like that, and it's not true for every woman out there, but I'm sorry, it's true for enough of you, because I've been to concerts. I've seen concerts. And uh, when you have women throwing their underwear at people who yeah. play a guitar, I'm sorry. You know what? Women will drop their panties for a celebrity. So and that's just the know? way it is. And he told the truth, and it was a private conversation in this dirtbag, Billy never Bush. Should have been con it never should have been recorded. Yeah, what kind of a friend does that? Garbage. You know, what kind of a friend well, does that? Well, what do that? you want from these people? They're all, they're all media-pressed uh, whores, all of them. I mean, every one of them. Who cares? They, uh, you know, okay, yeah, they <laughs> said there was an accident. The train uh, smashed into a truck. That happened when they start telling you how good the economy is. You know they're lying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, real good economy here, Frank. Well, they'll yeah. tell you, that, oh, yeah, the train crashed. And the reason why it crashed was because Donald Trump got elected president, and that's why the train yeah, crashed and yeah, all the people Donald died. Trump, Donald Trump caused the Hindenburg back in 1937. <laughs> remember that one, Frank? Yeah, yeah, I remember the guy saying it. Oh, the horror of Trump being elected. That's why this happened. That's yeah, why this is all happening. It's in, all the news, it's in all the newsreels. Yeah. I think what we should do is blame the decider. He needs to be blamed from now until the end of time. I'm the decider, the idiot. Well, look, you know what? There's plenty of blame to go around it for Washington, D.C., because they've been screwing us since Kennedy got shot. Oh, did I tell you about the $800,000 artillery shell, Frank? Did I tell you about that one? No, or no, no $800,000. Oh, yes, the Navy has this new ship, this new stealth ship they built for, what, $40 million or $400 million? And guess what? They can't afford the shells. Each shell for this gun that's on the ship... This cannon, whatever you call it, you know, the artillery is eight hundred grand. But they got plenty of money for Iraq and Afghanistan, though, don't they, Frank? 
Mm, yeah. $800,000 for one artillery shell, Frank. Excuse me, we weren't born yesterday. Yeah, these are from the guys who can Oh, just... yes, and the F-22 now, Frank, oh, which is how many billions over budget? No, no, it's the, the F-22 is... I meant the F-35. Yeah, because the F-22 they canceled because by the time they could actually manufacture any of them, yeah. they were obsolete already. Yeah, well, guess what? The F-35, which is uh, how many billions over budget, that doesn't still doesn't work. No, nope. no, and it never will. And guess what? And you, you know what, Al? Even if they got it working, which they won't, but even if they did... Oh, it wouldn't match up to the Russians. I've seen that one Russian jet would just eat it for lunch. Well, and even if it did, even if it could, all right, fine. So we get in a beef, and uh, now we're, we're in a war, and, uh, oh, gee, our planes are getting shot down, and uh, we need to build new ones, but, uh, hey, where are we getting the parts? Oh, we're getting the parts from all around the world. From oh, like you mean like six- China? We're getting the parts from like eight different countries. Okay, Jeez. what if one of those countries decide we don't like you anymore? I mean, we're siding with the, the other guy. They say F word to you. They say F U to you, right? Yeah. Oh, now what are you going to do? Well, now you're S O L, as they say, Frank. Yeah. Now, even if the F thirty five did work, which it doesn't, it doesn't work <laughs> at all. But but if it did, it wouldn't matter. It's still a boondoggle. Yes. It, and, and not hey, you know what? It's worse than a boondoggle. It is a direct threat to our air superiority, which is our national security. Guess what? They were going to retire the A-10 Warthog. They're going to start building some more of them now. The A-10, the old A-10. Yeah, it's slow. and it, It's slow, know. but it does the job, and it doesn't cost anywhere near what an F-35 costs. No, it's a real simple concept. It's really, it's it's kind of like, it's it's built in the same concept as the hind helicopter the Russians built. It's big, it's heavily armored, and and it carries... A, and it's a nasty weapon. It carries a big punch. For, yes, it you know, does. Yes, it, it does. It's not for air combat. It no, is for it's ground... No, to knock out tanks for the most part. It's for ground support. Right. You know, but you see, those type of airplanes will not survive if they don't have air superiority provided by something else, like an F-16 or an F-15, which are, what, four years old dinosaurs now? You know, they were such good airplanes that even though they're like 40 years old, they're still... They still work! ...in the upper echelon of air superiority airplanes, but... The thing is, hey, Russia's got its fifth generation out in the air already. Oh, yeah. We haven't got anything that matches that, that new, that Sukhoi, I think it's called. It's a real sad situation. And, and, and Oh, and guess what? The Russians build it themselves with their oh. own parts. In other words, they don't have to go to anybody else for parts. Ah, they're probably get, they probably stole some technology out Who of knows? Germany. Well, but, I know that know. the Chinese stole our technology from our F-22. No, they didn't. They bought it. Oh, they did? Yeah, they bought the technology from oh, is that, you know, well, the Well, no, Clintons. I thought the technology they bought was what Captain Billy sold to them, the trader Captain Billy with the um, nuclear that stuff. That was just once, long time ago. They've been selling... Hillary, how do you think the Clinton Foundation... Hey, they went for... Look, he did that while they were pre- in, in the uh, White House. So uh, they leave the White House. Hillary tells everybody they left flat broke. Okay, well, they're not flat broke anymore, are they? No, they've got several hundred million now between the two of them or whatever. Yeah, several hundred million between leaving the White House and now. Right. While she was Secretary of State. Yeah, how many more millions did she, uh, did she scam while well, she... Well, how many there? more military secrets did she 
sell to well, the Chinese. Well, that's called treason. We know what the penalty for treason is, Frank, like you said. Well, in a time of war, it's a hanging. Uh, and, well, it's a t- it doesn't uh, matter if it's war or not. It's a treason is treason. It doesn't well, yeah, have to be a got, war. We got fifty. Uh, we got fifty wars going on anyway. Whatever. You know, so it is a time of war. I mean, they keep telling us we got a war on drugs. We got a yeah, war on illiteracy. So called wars. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> then don't don't forget Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria. Oh yeah, and we Libya. forgot about those boys. Yeah, and Libya <laughs> yeah. and Syria and yeah. Yemen and all the other good boys. Oh, and but, Africa, where they run two missions a day, but they won't say what they're doing. No, no. What is our national interest in Africa? I don't know. There must be some yeah, black stuff in the ground there. Otherwise, we wouldn't be there. Well, and uranium. They have uranium in Africa. The oh, Congo. no, 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 no. Hitler sold one-fifth of our uranium to the Russians, uh, so we don't need any uranium because we've got so much that Hitler could sell, uh, you know. She sold that, the traitor. Oh, more. Did you know about that? Hitler sold one-fifth of Oh, of, of course, our... yeah. Well, she sold it to uh used-to-be Canadian company that the Russians Well, the bought. Russians got their hands on it now, yep. Frank. Yep, that's right. Well, that's another thing that Donald needs to do. He needs to cancel it and give them their money back. That's what the Donald needs to do. Well, yeah, I mean, you know. He needs to do a lot of things, Frank. You know, it's kind of a, you know, in a way, yeah, I think it's treason. But in another way, it really doesn't matter because the Russians have far more nukes than we do already. Then what do they need any more uranium for? Well, yeah, they've also got power plants, uh, you know, that, that need it, but. You know, the thing is, and plus, you know, who knows what else they do with uranium. You know, it might not all be nuclear weapons and nuclear power plants. I who really don't, I really don't know what other uses uranium has. I have has. no idea, Frank. You know, I'm going to have to look that up because that's a curiosity. That though. is an interesting Why one. would they need? I mean, they've got all these nukes. They've got nuclear plants. Why would they need uranium from us? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I don't know. Oh, well, here's the great thing on Trump here. Judge says to uh, to things, if you don't like it here, leave, because Trump... So I guess all the illegal aliens, if they don't like Trump, let them leave, Frank, all the illegals. Well, all the all the Democrats, too. They can leave, too. They can leave, too. I'm pretty happy about that idea. You and know, I still that think we should give Whoopi Goldberg and Robert De Niro and all the rest of the dummies. Well, isn't it funny what a bunch of lying scum they really Hold are? On, let me shut that off. You know, where they... Where they all were saying, oh... We're going to leave. Yeah, yeah. I had my hopes up, too. Yeah, and, I was kind of hoping know, not to tell them not to let the door hit them in the rear end on the you way know, out. You know, but now, oh, I was just kidding. Oh, that's not for real. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. Bunch of oh. garbage. All these so-called uh, sports people and uh, Hollywood uh, prostitutes, all of them, they're all nothing. Right, they sports. shot their mouth off about how they're going to leave, and now they don't. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show what a liar well, who Democrats cares about really them? They're are. all overpaid anyway, every one of them. Yeah, but I had my hopes up. I really wanted them to leave. I'll tell you what, the guy who got the best job, though, was Robert De Niro. $800,000 for an episode on this. Something on Amazon is doing some kind of a series on the idiot box, and he's going to get $800,000 for each episode. Yeah, I don't like him anymore after his Tribeca flip-flop. You know, he took the money and then, oh, everybody oh, should watch it. Oh, that the thing it? with yeah. the vaccines and stuff. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I'm not watching anything. Yeah, and he also bashed anymore. the Donald pretty good, too, don't forget. He bashed him real good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not watching. Watching anything I don't care anymore. about him anymore, and we're out of time, Frank. We are. We are, Al. I'll see you again next Tuesday. See you next and week, Hey, Frank. Al, have a good Thanksgiving. You too, Frank. Bye-bye. All right, we'll see you then. And, folks, uh, I'll be back again tonight, and we got a full day coming up, so stay tuned. And, as always, thanks for listening.
religious and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
Good evening, and welcome to America Betrayed. I'm your host, John Clark. You're listening to us on AVR, American Voice Radio Network. Tonight, uh, the theme of the show is going to be insanity. We are living in insanity, I think. And I remember an actress, when I first moved to Hollywood many years ago, said, I'm living in insanity. I'm just going through it without trying to get too much of it on me. Well, I think it's gotten to be too much that everybody's getting a little bit on everybody. Like my friend Terry Anderson uh, used to say before he passed away, he had a radio show in Los Angeles. If you ain't mad, you ain't paying attention. And he was right. People were not paying attention. They could care less. As long as they got theirs, they could care less. But then all of a sudden, people stopped getting theirs, and they're going, hey, wait a minute. What happened here? Our country's full of illegal aliens. We have a uh, person in the White House. We don't even know if he's a, a U.S. citizen. What's going on here? We try to warn people. There are a lot of people. A lot of people that try to warn you people are passed away. Barbara Coe, Terry Anderson, Bill King, many others. But nobody would listen. As long as people have comfortable two-car garage, food on the table, they could care less. They don't care what people do up there. Well, now we have evil. Well, we've had evil for a long, long time. My background is I worked in Congress for a number of years as a congressional liaison. And when I first went there, I thought that, hey, uh, you know, like Mrs. Smith goes to Washington. I thought uh, they were on the up and up. I found out many, many years ago, before George Bush uh, came into office, how bad he was. All the Republicans kept saying, oh, the Bushes are our saviors. They're the great. They're no good. They're tied in with the Saudis. But before we go any further, I want to welcome, uh, we have a, quite a few listeners now in Baja. There's a lot of Americans living in Baja who are listening uh, tonight. And also uh, friends in Mexico who are concerned about what's going on. Uh, they think that a wall uh, uh, going up, some think it's a great idea. Others don't. I, myself, uh, I've been trying to stop uh, working with other people like Barbara Coe and others, trying to stop illegal immigration because, simple word, it's illegal. Illegal aliens are criminals. They don't have to break the law once they're here. They've already broken the law. It's illegal to come into the country. They're not undocumented. I'm an undocumented brain surgeon. Would you like me operating on your brain? I don't think so. They're criminals. They're absolute criminals. So also remember, we want to uh, keep boycotting Target because they're allowing sodomites into the bathrooms. Uh, Dasani uh, Yogurt, who's uh, owned by a Muslim who wants to bring in millions of more Muslims. Starbucks, who only wants sodomites in the store. And others. Uh, and whenever you see any of uh, these uh, products uh, that only use blacks in their commercials, boycott them. Because uh, the goal is uh, white genocide. Diversity means white genocide. They did it in South Africa. They're doing it here. And they want to also reduce this country to like what they've done in Venezuela, which is really, really a shame. And don't think that it can't happen because it's already happening. <laughs> 
We have a fraud, a homosexual in the White House who's a total fraud. His birth certificate is a forgery. It's not real. They did not get Osama bin Laden. I mean, it's just one lie after another. Like I said, it's total insanity. The people that have been killed over the years to try to keep their criminal enterprise going. One, we had uh, Sonny Bono. We had JFK. We had RFK, JFK Jr. Ted Gunderson used to be head of the FBI office in Los Angeles. He was killed to keep, keep quiet about the evil forces, the evil forces that kidnap these young children that disappear and use them for satanic sacrifices and sex parties for these congressmen and senators and then kill them. They got them with arsenic. That's insanity. We are living in total, total insanity. I mean, when you have people that think that Hillary is great, there's something mentally wrong with these people. Mentally, mentally wrong. The only people that I see that would vote for Hillary are the Democrats at this time are people that are moochers, communists, feminists, homosexuals, and deviants. Those are the only ones. Somebody has an interest in keeping these communists in power who are promising them the moon. They're not going to give them anything. That's what communists do. Hey, I'll give you this and, uh, you know, free college, free this, free that. Apparently, the FBI forgot to visit the Cornell Law Library. Word for word from the Cornell Law Library, former United States Attorney General Michael McCaskey tells MSNBC that not only is Hillary Clinton's private email server illegal, it disqualifies her from holding any federal office. Very specifically, it points to one federal law, Title 18, Section 2071. For those of you who do not have the United States Code committed to memory, here's what it says. Whoever willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, or destroys, or attempts to do so, or with intent to do so, takes and carries away any record, proceeding, map, book, paper document, or other thing, filed or deposited with any clerk or office of any court of the United States or in any public office or with any judicial or public officer of the United States shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both. Whoever having the custody of any such record, proceeding, map, book, document, paper, or other thing, willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same, shall be fined under this title, imprisoned not more than three years or both, and shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. As used in this subsection, the term office does not include the office held by any person as a retired officer of the Armed Forces of the United States. Yes, it explicitly states, shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from honey, holding any office on the United States. Apparently, Comedy did not read this law or does not give a damn about it much any Democrat. The media is not going to tell him because they're all controlled. They're all paid off. George Soros is one of them paying, paying them off. Secret Service, all they are today are paid thugs. Protect. They know that Obama's uh, not legit. They know he's a communist. They know he's a Muslim. The Muslims are a Trojan horse, just like with uh, what happened uh, many, many years ago with the Greeks and the Trojans, the Trojan horse. So 
And people just don't get it. And, they, and, and Hillary has already said, I want all more Muslims to come in. I want open borders. She, she has a saying that's from WikiLeaks. I want open borders. I want as many people as possible to come in here. We will become a third world country. We're almost on the verge of a banana republic right now. I mean, all the people that are turning up at Trump's uh, rallies, that's the so-called silent majority. They were finally saying, hey, um, we're not getting ours anymore. Well, we tried to warn you, but you didn't care. You could care less. It may be too late. If Hillary gets in, it's all over for this country. All over. Over. Done. They will flood this country with Muslims. And just like in Troy, it will kill every non-Muslim in this country. This is not some conspiracy theory. This is reality. Wake up, people. Before it's too late. Now, in the six weeks that I've been back uh, on the air here, I went off for a number of years due to health reasons. I focused on some so-called conspiracy theories that I knew about, and I wanted to get back on the air and get them out before anything else happened to me. I, uh, exp I exposed uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, it was uh, John Zarella who shot Jimmy Hoffa. He was ground up on a pig farm up in northern Michigan. Joe Kennedy's the one that gave the order to kill my cousin, Marilyn Monroe. D.B. Cooper, alias Walter Pica, was caught by the FBI three months after he jumped, turned into an assassin for the FBI, CIA. Martin Luther King was killed because he was getting ready to tell all the Negroes to lay down their arms in Vietnam. JFK, RFK, we're going to be talking about later in the second half of this show exactly what happened with them. JFK Jr., all evidence points to the Clintons and Ted Gunderson. And uh, Ted Gunderson, because he was uh, former head of the FBI office in Los Angeles, exposing these evil criminal people in Washington, D.C. Sonny Bono, again, he was going to expose the Bush-Clinton crime families when he got back to Washington, D.C. But people don't care. They don't care. I mean, I, I just don't understand people. I mean, a, a friend of mine got upset because uh, he called Obama a homo. Well, he is a homo. Is, uh, you know, they, they've come forward. His former lovers have come forward and said, hey, yeah. And look at look look at her husband, this slime ball, absolute slime ball. Uh, here's a list of women who uh, he uh, sexually uh, assaulted. Uh, Paula Jones was the one that opened the floodgates of accusations. She worked for Clinton during the stint as governor of Arkansas and won a massive $850,000 settlement from Clinton. And then we had Juanita Broderick, who was a nursing home administrator. They claimed Bill raped her in her hotel room in 1978. Kathleen Wiley was a volunteer who alleged Bill attacked her in 1998. Her original accusations came to light during the 60-minute special. Eileen Wellstone as one of the more disturbing claims due to the fact that it goes back to when Clinton was at Oxford University in 1969. I say this because it was not just political power that led to his behavior. If her claim is true, this would establish him as a serial rapist with a behavior that started decades before he came into prominence. 
Carolyn Moffat McClinton at a fundraiser. She claimed she was invited back to the hotel room where he demanded uh, sex and assaulted her. Elizabeth Ward Gray, uh, Grayson won the Miss America contest in 1982 and alleged Clinton forced to have sex shortly after gaining the crown. Uh, Becky Brown. I mean, if you had a wife like uh, Hillary Clinton, I mean, <laughs> boy, I, I, I don't know. This woman is pure, pure evil. I mean, she's been a lesbian for many years. When I worked in Washington, D.C., almost everybody knew it. All of a sudden it comes out, oh, yeah, well, her lover is this Humana, this uh, Muslim spy that's her uh, lover working with her in the State Department. I mean, she just destroys 33,000 emails. Now, I watched the debate the other night with uh, uh, her and uh, Trump. I would rather have somebody else other than Trump, believe me, uh, uh, I mean, his locker, so-called locker room talk. I mean, I, I've heard, uh, I mean, I've hung around with bikers and all kinds. I've never really heard talk, you know, like that. Uh, I mean, I've heard some pretty crude talk, but nothing like this. Uh, the guy's almost like a geek. Um, but, uh, again, uh, you know, the Democrats, I, I, I went through a long history. I've got a list of, uh, of all the presidents that had remarks from uh, Secret Service agents, and every Democrat that they worked with was a slime ball. John and Jacqueline Kennedy, let's go with them. He was a philanderer of the highest order. Of course he was. He fooled around with my cousin and had her killed. Lyndon and Lady Bird Johnson, another philanderer of the highest order. In addition, LBJ was as crude as the day is long. Both JFK and LBJ kept a lot of women in the White House for extramarital affairs. Richard and Pat Nixon. He was a moral man, but very odd, weird, and paranoid. He had a horrible relationship with his family and was almost a recluse. Spiral Agnew. Nice, decent man. Everyone in the Secret Service was surprised by his downfall. A true gentleman. Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. A complete phony who would betray one picture of himself to public and very different in private would be shown carrying his own luggage, but the suitcases were always empty. He kept empty ones just for photo ops. He wanted people to see him as a pious, a non-drinker, but he and his family drank alcohol a lot. He had a disdain for the Secret Service and very irresponsible with the football nuclear codes. Ronald and Nancy Reagan, this real deal, moral, honest, respectful, and dignified, they treated the Secret Service and everybody else with respect and honor. Okay, these are the Republicans so far, pretty good guys. I don't particularly like Nixon's one. George and Laura Bush, Secret Service loved him and Laura Bush. She was also the most physically in shape. Again, here's uh, traitors. Uh, these uh, should be uh, tried in the court and uh, you know, put, in, put in the gallows. Uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton, presidency was one giant party, not trustworthy. He was nice mainly because he wanted everyone to like him. But to him, life, it was just one big game and party. Everybody knows about his sexuality. She is another phony. Her personality would change. The instant cameras were near. She hated, with open disdain, the military and Secret Service. She was another who felt people were there to serve her. She was always trying to keep tabs on Bill Clinton. Al Gore, an egotistical ass who was once heard by a Secret Service detail lecturing his son that he needed to do better in school or would end up like these guys pointing to the agents. George and Barbara Bush, extremely kind and considerate. Barack and Michelle Obama, Clinton all over again, hates the military and looks down on the Secret Service. He is this egotistical and cunning. He looks you in the eye and appears to agree with you, but turns around and does the opposite. 
He has temper tantrums. She's a complete bitch who basically hates anybody who is not black, hates the military, and looks at the Secret Service as servants. Well, as you see, there's a thing going through here. Uh, all the Democrats are real slimeballs. Yeah, every, every one of these uh, presidents, uh, Jim, uh, uh, Jimmy Carter, a real slimeball, uh, didn't think we'd get any worse than that. But here we got one uh, in the White House who's trying to stay in the White House uh, with the help of George Soros, who's uh, got these uh, uh, blacks out there. Um, saying they, they, they want to take over four states to form their own country. Well, they've got their own country. It's called Africa. Let them go back and, uh, you know, doing their country what they want, want to do. You know, don't come here. It's like uh, illegal aliens coming here. Uh, they come here with a clenched fist and a handout. Now, uh, when immigration was uh, back in the 1800s, uh, early 1900s, people came here. They couldn't wait to learn English uh, and mold into the society. But 40% of them went back home because it was too tough. They don't go back home now because now a, a woman can fall across the border from Mexico, have a child, and then the child, here, the child's a U.S. citizen. I mean, my wife uh, is from Venezuela, and we had to go through all kinds of money and, and uh, uh, everything to make her an American citizen. And these slime balls, the illegal alien criminals, come across the border and demand everything, and they get it. Now they're getting Social Security. Now this commie pig in California, Jerry Brown, has given him the right to vote. When are people going to wake up and say enough? If all these people that are showing up at the rallies showed up in Washington, D.C., armed, hey, being, they're, they're going to change their tune. But if you just march there, they don't care. You get 10 million people to march on Washington, D.C. They could care less. The only thing they understand is the end of a barrel of a gun, period. And if Trump doesn't get in, the only way to get this country back is by force. Because that slimeball Hillary, if she gets in, believe me, it's all over. Right after the break, we're going. I'm going to have... Uh, Frank Steffen join me and uh, comment on any statements that I've made on this. Uh, I know that I, I think that he really loves uh, Hillary. Killed the beast, I think he calls her. But uh, I'd like you to hear this uh, couple of songs that we have uh, coming up. Uh, I'm going to end with a song by The Rock, you know, the actor, uh, Dwayne Johnson, uh, where he sings a song for Hillary. I had to give a preface on it because he doesn't mention the name, but it's uh, quite amusing. But like I said, it's not amusing. It's total insanity. That's what our uh, theme is tonight. And I got a couple of songs, I think. Uh, you know, I hope. Let's find out. Let's go to break.
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now.
Welcome back to America Betrayed. I'm your host, John Clark. Uh, we are welcome to our theme night, uh, Insanity. If you'd like to call in and, uh, you, you know, I'd like to hear from some of you liberal pieces of you-know-what, uh, 800-932-1980. Again, 800-932-1980. Again, welcome to a lot of our listeners in Mexico, especially Baja, uh, who are listening uh, tonight. And uh, I hope every week uh, we're going to have uh, a lot of things coming up. Uh, this hour, this half hour, uh, uh, Frank Steffen's going to be uh, joining me to go over some of the things I've talked about, this slimeball uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, you know, and also remember, go to National Writer Syndicate. That's www.nationalwritersyndicate. You'll always see a preview of uh, the next week's show on there. And you'll, there's a lot of articles that I've written over the years. There's one I wrote about 911 because I was near the Pentagon when the so-called plane hit, which was not a plane. And uh, you might want to read those. It's uh, called, uh, uh, again, nationalwritersyndicate.com. But uh, let, let's bring Frank Stefan on. And, uh, Frank, do uh, you have any comments of what I've said so far about uh, the government, the insanity that we're living in? And I think it's total insanity. How do you feel? Well, I don't know about total, but it's it's certainly on the way to total insanity, but I think it's going to get worse. So, you know, I can't say it's total insanity just yet because I think uh, it's, it's going to get even worse. But I would like to point out something that you did say that I, I don't know, I, it's not that I disagree with you, it's that I want to, I want to put, you know, Frankie Sunshine uh, on it. And when you say that, like, you know, you've been at this years, and a lot of people who have been in this are are dead now. You know, they they did this for years and years, and uh, now they're they've passed. And uh, you know, you said nobody listens, but that's not true, because you see, both you and I heard somebody somewhere say something that made us look further, and and so do other people. And there are more people every day you know, becoming aware of what's going on. Now, I'm not saying it's enough, and I'm not saying that it, it's it's gone, you know, fast enough or anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, it's not a complete failure. You know, I mean, people are, we are making headway. It might not be, it might be too little too late, but nevertheless, you know, uh, I count, you know, there were magazines and newspapers that I read when I didn't know much of anything. I knew there was something wrong, uh, but I didn't have any idea what. And some publications, anti-shyster, media bypass, uh, criminal politics, American voice, uh, American Bu Americans bulletin, uh, anti-shyster magazine. You know, a lot of these publications uh, clued me in, and I did listen, and other people did too. Just you know, not enough, not the masses, you know, didn't listen, but they might be waking up now. Again, I think it might be too late, Frank, and the reason it why is they, they, they've, they've tipped the balance, you know, uh, when you see these, uh, how many people out there uh, uh, voting for Hillary and the socialists like Bernie Sanders and everything, uh, the, the, this balance was tipped uh, a lot by illegal aliens uh, coming to the country, which uh, myself and Barbara Coe and uh, Terry Anderson and others that, you know, have since passed on, uh, tried to prevent. We tried to warn people, but no, like I said, nobody would listen. Uh, only a few got involved. We, uh, they used their own money, uh, their own time. Well, now, wait a minute. Uh, California actually passed 187. 
so no, I was one. I was one of the co-sponsors of one. You know, so so people did listen, but then the, yeah, but they the came in, out you go. You know, they did listen. Now, I was one of the co-sponsors with Barbara Coe. Barbara Coe co-wrote uh, uh, Proposition One Eighty Seven. And that's how I got involved, because I, I found out that they were going to build a hiring hall for illegal aliens uh, in the town where I lived. And I go, how can they uh, do that? I was uh, getting ready to produce uh, another concert uh, uh, in uh, north of San Francisco. And I went down, and uh, there were like 800 day laborers on the street. Uh, and uh, so I helped them put flyers together uh, stating that uh, if you're in this country legally, here's a list of employers who will hire you. If you're here illegally, uh, you're, uh, uh, you know, we're notified uh, immigration and so on. And then in English, and that was in Spanish, and then in English, uh, we passed out to the people hiring them that were videotaping your license plate, turning over the IRS and also uh, Im immigration service. But uh, with Proposition 187, it did pass. Uh, it was like six million people uh, that voted for it. But the way they control us in this country are the uh, federal courts the federal judges, and the IRS. That's the way they might have maximum control. Because one federal judge came in and said no and, and stopped it, blocked the whole thing. And one person can block the vote of 20 million people. That's the way they control our votes, and that's the way they control everybody else with the IRS. They stick the IRS on you, uh, like they're doing with a couple of organizations now that are uh, trying to expose Obama. Look what they're doing to uh, Sheriff Arpaio now. They're uh, probably put him in jail. Uh, these are evil, evil people. And when I went to Washington, D.C., people asked me to go to Washington after Proposition 187. I said, no, I'd rather stay in California. I went to uh, uh, Washington, and I put together a press conference on the Capitol steps uh, with about 20 congressmen. There were uh, only one Democrat, and that was uh, Jim Traficant. Uh, Sonny Bono was the MC of it, and uh, it looked like the Republicans were on our side. Well, I found out uh, they were just doing that because they saw how many people voted and they, hey, look at look at all these votes. Uh, but then uh, just towards the end of my uh, time in D.C., uh, they got rid of me. Uh, uh, but just before that, uh, I saw memos sent out to most of the Republican congressmen from Bush, George Bush, don't touch immigration. And then I realized there was, there was something wrong. I didn't realize the full extent how bad these people are. That's what Trump the best thing Trump has done with this whole thing is expose the Republicans that are really evil. I mean, these are uh, they they belong in the Communist Party. John McCain is one of the uh, wackiest criminals. Uh, the guy should have been on the gallows a long time ago. Uh, you, you have um, uh, Paul Ryan, who's a, who's a Muslim. Uh, you have the, the head of the CIA, who's a uh, converted to a Muslim. We have a Muslim government right now. And if people, you know, I remember when we were demonstrating on the streets there, uh, we tried to get these young kids who were painters, and they, oh, we're not worried about that. And then they lose their jobs, and they come and say, oh, well, I see, see, Rock Skelly, you remember Rock Skelly, he was, you know, mm -hmm. the Grateful Dead manager. Uh, he passed away uh, here recently, about, well, about a year and a half ago, but uh, he called me a right-wing fanatic when I, I stepped away from uh, producing concerts and got involved with the immigration issue. And uh, then I asked him if he wanted to be in one of my films one day, and he said, sure. I said, well, why, why the change of heart? He said, well, 
I had a job uh, painting houses, making $21 an hour, and all of a sudden these illegals came in and started doing it for $6 an hour because they can do it. They don't pay any insurance. They don't pay anything. You know, they get everything from the government, and uh, he's got to do it. And then he says, I, I go to the emergency room, and it's all full of illegals. I said, well, how do you know they're illegals? And we say that, and they say, uh, you know, how do you know they're illegals? I say, well, when the INS shows up and they start running, that's a pretty good indicator. Uh, but, you know, as he stopped getting his, but then it's too late. And th this is what's happened now. They've tipped the balance. And the way they're going to really uh, do it is they control the voting uh, uh, machines, Diebold. Uh, you have uh, Senator ex-Senator Hagel from uh, Nebraska. Uh, when I found out, I went up to Nebraska to uh, do a background with him. And... Uh, I found out when he ran for Senate, uh, he was uh, unknown, but yet he won by 80%. And I found out he was on the board of directors of Diebold. Now, who appointed him Secretary of Defense? Uh, Obama. Why? Because Diebold did uh, counting the votes. It, it's, it's a stacked deck. I mean, Trump is absolutely right. It's all rigged. And they've tipped the balance, like a Jerry Brown, illegal aliens are voting all these sanctuary cities. It's, well, it's, you, it's, do you think yeah. illegal aliens are voting in Arizona? I'm pretty sure they are, because both of the senators there, Flake and uh, the traitor McCain, they're both saying, well, they can't support uh, uh, Trump, but they also support illegal uh, immigration. Well, that's what Trump has done. He's, he's exposed these frauds, especially the Bushes. Look at the Bushes. Now they say they're going to vote for Hillary. Yep. The Bush-Clinton crime family have controlled the White House for 40 years plus. Okay? Sonny Bono was going to expose them when he got back to Washington, D.C. He's dead now. Look at all the people connected to Hillary that all of a sudden died. I mean, the list is endless. And I and I saw what they, I saw, I read the autopsy report of how they killed Sonny Bono. I mean, they beat him up really bad. They knocked his teeth out and dragged him over to the tree. And uh, yeah, it's pure evil, Frank. Well, pure here's evil. six, here's six senators that have come out and say they will not support Trump. They will not vote for Trump. All six support illegal aliens all well, first of them support illegal aliens i'm going to name them here so you people out there listening if you live in these areas you, you know who they are kelly ayoete or she's a republican from new hampshire susan collins republican from maine jeff flake republican from arizona mark kirk republican from illinois john mccain republican from arizona and the thieving, lying, vote-stealing Lisa Murkowski, Republican from Alaska. Yeah, these are known uh, criminals. But again, they're fighting hard to keep their criminal enterprise going. That's all it is, is the criminal enterprise. Sure. They are no different. They're probably worse than the mafia. Uh, our, our government is probably one of the biggest drug cartels in the world. That's another reason why they killed Sonny. He was going to expose uh, the arms and, and drug dealing. I mean, uh, you remember John, uh, um, uh, the, the Secret Service agent that I had on my show years ago, uh, inspecting. He was told not to inspect certain planes at the right. Mexican border. Uh, they were uh, CIA, uh, FBI, uh, military, because they're all loaded down with drugs. Yep. And then you watch these cop shows where they're busting a kid for a joint or a, a crack pipe or whatever. 
uh, it, 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 it's, it's obscene. It's total insanity. Meanwhile, uh, the government is bringing in tons of drugs. Well, and they're also using the United States military to protect the poppy fields in Afghanistan, which supply the world with 93% of opium products. That's one of the reasons why they went into Afghanistan. And while well, the pipeline and also like with Libya, uh, you know, Hillary was uh, behind this Libya and she did kill, uh, you know, the ambassador Stevens. I mean, that, that is an open and shut case. They went into Libya because uh, Gaddafi uh, was going to convert over to the gold standard uh, and they couldn't have that. Right. Uh, you know, it was pure gold. And uh, so they, they went in. Uh, none, of the, none of the dollar you know, based uh, uh, Paper countries. Based. Yeah, paper-based, uh, which is all, that's all it is, is a piece of paper, uh, because there probably isn't even any gold in Fort Knox. Nah. But that's why they did in you know, Gaddafi. He treated his citizens great. Uh, they were living great. He he shared the wealth with them. But this slimeball Hillary, this evil piece of crap, I, I mean, it's beyond me. That's why I wanted to call this show Insanity, because it's totally insane that these people can even think about voting for these people. Are they crazy or what? Yeah. Well, I was just uh, earlier today uh, on my earlier show, I had this uh, article here about, you know, some of these emails that have been uh, let out. And, uh, you know, it's the Democrats talking about a uh, uninformed and compliant uh, population and that, well, people are still unaware, but, gee, they're becoming uh, they're less compliant now. What are we going to do? They're worried. See, they're worried because the uh, you know the peasants are grabbing their pitchforks. Well, it's, they've waken up uh, sooner in Europe than they have uh, here. In Europe now, they're getting uh, they realize it's, uh, the only way to take it back is by force. Uh, well, I got know, a message for Americans. You know, I know you know lots of Americans, probably 150 million guns, uh, you know, gun owners in America, and that's great. But it doesn't do any good if you're not willing to use it. That's right. Well, look what happened with the, the poor rancher that was assassinated uh, a while back, you know, when you had the Oath Keepers and everybody went up there and they allowed him to uh, be shot. Look at Ruby Ridge. Uh, look at Waco. Uh, you know, it, it, all those women and children. That that doesn't matter about those women and children. All they care about, well, our, our Oklahoma City bombing, uh, you know, these uh, uh, people and kids. What about the ones at Waco? What about the Ruby Ridge, you know, shot his uh, wife? Well, and why were those kids not warned like the FBI agents were warned? Yeah, no. In I, Oklahoma I, City. You know, they were all warned. The ATF agents didn't come to work that day because they were told, oh, uh, don't come to work today. But the kids, oh, the government let the kids show up. Well, you know, my friend Ted Gunderson, you know, before they... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, Dead Hinnom told me that, you know, that was not Tim Timothy McVeigh. Uh, the main reason for the Oklahoma City bombing was to try to get the uh, the Patriot Act. Uh, that was another reason for uh, 911 was to get the Patriot Act and also to go into Afghanistan, also to go into Iraq because uh, uh, Saddam Hussein was doing the same thing that Gaddafi was doing, trying to get all the uh, uh, countries, oil producing countries to go to a different standard. And uh, also, uh, they were making moves to be number one in the, in the Muslim world, which uh, the Saudis couldn't have. Because, now, uh, and you see, that's the whole, that's, that's my point of view on the condition in the Middle East. I really think that for whatever reason, 
And I don't, you know, I can speculate on the reasons just like anybody else can speculate on the reasons. And I'm sure, you know, some of us are going to speculate correctly at some time or another. But I believe Saudi Arabia is driving the bus in the Middle East and they're just using the United States military as their own little uh, goon force to enforce their will. Yeah, well, they, you know, everybody thought it was Israel that was the main uh, force behind us going into Iraq and also Iran. It's been so- the, the Saudis. Yep. Uh, and the Saudi prince uh, there has said he's going to spend $40 billion uh, to turn the United States into an Islamic country. Now, uh, one of the owners of Fox is a... 